This is the knockout artist, Chris Hero. And if you're looking for some true heel heat, you better listen to the boys. Hello everyone, it's the hardcore legend Mick Foley wishing a nice day to everyone there, right there, at True Heel Heat. Yeah! <laughs> What's up, True Heel Heat? True Heel Heat. What's up? It was a crazy week in professional wrestling. We had Dominion last weekend. We've had all together again for New Japan Pro Wrestling. New Japan taking front and center as we got the first two matches for AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling's Forbidden Door, including Kazuka Okada versus Brian Danielson. Yes, put that into my veins. You also got Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. We also got the question of who will CM Punk face if he is going to be at Forbidden Door with now Punk's collision main event return already made and sealed? We got a lot to discuss on this edition of True Hill Heat. It is True Hill Heat 229. Let's get to it. Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom. SP3, we are live on the True Hill Heat YouTube and Facebook for True Hill Heat 229. Uh, we are going to be discussing summer of dream matches and drama, discussing the latest wrestling news, including the huge first two matches made for AEW and NJPW's Forbidden Door, the announcement of the first AEW collision main event, and what it means for CM Punk's first feud and potential Forbidden Door dream match. We got a recap of this week in wrestling with NJPW Dominion. You got AEW Dynamite Ram page wwe smackdown raw nxt all together again roh tv gcw had shows impact had shows and our co-host's match of the week but first up i want to introduce our first special guest for today someone very familiar to us he joined us last year for our forbidden door preview edition of the true hill heat uh, podcast flagship show and he is back with us to discuss some new japan pro wrestling from a crazy week in njpw you hear him on wrestle in with all bunch of content and some incredible interviews you also see him on fightful overbook for bread club it is carrying thank you so much for joining us good brother thanks for inviting me sp3 when you reached out and it was after dominion i'm like i'll talk about dominion anyone with anyone anywhere anytime such a great show and we're better to talk about it than on true hill heat with you man yes i'm very happy to have you back on the show with us and when it came to talk about new japan pro wrestling you're the first one i always think about for anyone who didn't join us last time when you kind of gave your intro to everything you're doing in wrestling media please let the people know kind of everything that you got going on because you do so much and you are kind of the voices of the most knowledgeable in wrestling media when it comes to njpw so let the people know I mean, if you like NJPW, I like to think I'm a good follow on Twitter at KieranRH93. Like it says, um, you know, New Japan is the promotion I love most. It's the one I'm watching most. It's really the only promotion I watch, if I'm totally honest. Um, over on WrestleIn, that's I-double-N at WrestleIn and WrestleIn.com. Uh, you know, I'm part of podcasts. I do shows. I do interviews. Uh, you know, I write the occasional column, just trying to contribute in any way I can. 
And then, as you said as well, over on Fightful Overbooked on YouTube, me and Matt from the Shining Wizards podcast, we have a show every fortnight where for Fightful, we talk exclusively New Japan. It's the only place on Fightful where you will get 100% New Japan coverage. I love doing that with Matt every fortnight. Um, he He's so... He's such a character. He brings he brings the fun. I bring the analysis, and together it's it's a great little couple we got going on. Yeah, you guys do great work over there. I've had great interviews. You know, had Kevin Kelly on your uh, Wrestle Kingdom preview. I know you've had the privilege of interviewing guys like Will Osprey, Alex Coglin, so many people. So, like I said, if there is a great follow that you want to keep track of New Japan past, present, and the future. Kieran is is it he is it but uh we got Kieran joining us today we're gonna have Miss Chrissy Love joining us in a bit she's on CP time because she's the Roman Reigns of our show but we appreciate you all for joining us here live if you're here uh you know right now or watching us on demand we appreciate you remember show that appreciation back drop the thumbs up on this video share this video with all your wrestling fans friends and family on all your favorite social media platforms if you are new to the true hill heat youtube channel hit that subscribe button hit the bell to stay notified for all the great content here and of course sound off in the live chat we'll try to highlight as many of your comments as possible but of course if you're feeling generous you want to give back to us if you're if your finances is capable of doing it you could send a super chat donation and we'll make sure your comment is highlighted on screen and of course you can get our opinions on your thoughts in that super chat as well we got dan in the chat saying Alex Shelley, let's fucking go. Uh, Michigan represent. Good morning at True Hill Heat Wrestling. And Chad, yes, it is a great morning for uh, any Mortar City Machine Guns fans after last night. We got Ace in the chat who says, good morning, everyone. Happy Saturday. I hope y'all are having a great day. Hope you are as well. We got Hassan saying morning. We got uh, Nero Buck saying good morning. We also got Vala B in the chat saying, hey, SP3 and Kyrian. We got uh, Vala B. It's a chill Saturday evening for him. It's, it's, it's hot where, where Kyrian's at. It's hot where I'm at. I'm dying, man. It's the hottest day the UK has seen so far. We're, we're hitting 30 degrees Celsius, man. This was not expected. It was expected. I knew it was coming. I should have made better plans. But, you know. I could have gone out, I could have sunbathed, or I could have been here on True Hill Heat. It was an easy decision to make. Hey, I appreciate that. That is that that would be a hard decision for most anyone, but I appreciate <laughs> you for that. <laughs> we got also Nero Bug saying welcome back to Kyrian, saying what's up, SP3. Also, Vala B putting a plug out for the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash uh wrestle in, and you can get even more exclusive content, including Ace Techers. Uh, here he is not going to be on Ace Techers moving forward. He's trying to condense everything that he's doing. Like I said, he's a very busy man, but we're keeping the ship going. Me and Kay and Sanal will be back with a new episode coming up this week. So, yes, Wrestle In Patreon is the place to be. Uh, we also got Dolores who says, what's up, everyone? We got uh, Declan who's saying, are you going to talk about the G1 blocks? Yes. Yes, we got a lot to discuss, New Japan-wise. I already said some things to carry it off camera, and I'm going to say it here because I'll say it off the bat. Gato is a coward. 
There's multiple ways. There's multiple ways to take that, and we're gonna discuss all of that here. Uh, we got our true heel roll call. Uh, we start off every edition of our flagship podcast. Shouting out you who's supporting us across social media and right here on the YouTube channel. Our top three conversation starters on the True Hills group page. We got number three Alan Weinstein, number two Stewie Palmer, and number one the Negro Buck Nick Jackson. Of uh, Patreon backers, we got Nick Jackson. Jackson. We got ALW Vala B, who's in the chat with us professor chris austin k alex mccarthy blue robert steve antoine fifth generation carney ladarius john dan kobe queen monet dolores john dj eric beep boop marcus justin james alan Caden and Santo, we appreciate each and every one of you for supporting us at patreon.com forward slash true he just three dollars a month and you get even more exclusive content but we do also have to start off this true heat on a little bit of a down note because we lost a legend in the wrestling business uh this week as former wwf champion the iron sheik passed away uh, at the age of 81 years old. Iron Sheik is really a pioneer when it comes to like the foreign heel and one of like the first foreign heels that I remember kind of being talked about or seen on wrestling television had a great tag team of foreign heels with Nikolai Volkov but he is actually most remembered for of course being the man that Hulk Hogan beat for his legendary four-year reign as WWF champion and of course he is known for frack the Hulk Hogan and his uh and coming up with the term jabroni which uh inspired and influenced the rock i know you are primarily a fan of new japan pro wrestling but any memories of like iron sheik when you were kind of younger or uh anything that you would remember sheiky baby for i got not really i gotta say like obviously the thing that comes to mind in recent years is the twitter which of course it wasn't him but you know it was his name his character very emblematic of the man he was um and yeah i i I, everything you said like i know him for being that the kind of the 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 example of what a bastard foreigner heel should be like you know he was the, the the original the og and everyone kind of took from what he'd done and then they they added what they had to add but no matter who you are no matter where you're from if you're if you're playing a foreign heel it, you've got that you, you're gonna have those connections to the iron sheik like you know everything goes back to him essentially very true very true and like i know miro and other like great foreign heels over the last couple of years talked about how they studied his tape so mm-hmm. definitely a big loss in the wrestling community this week but we got a big gain right now for our true hill heat flagship podcast as she is back after a week off because she's still on her roman reign schedule it's the princess of all the true heels herself miss chrissy love is here with us welcome back chrissy Really? Are we still doing this? The, the scheduling? Like, what, we have nothing else better to talk about, friend? I'm here. Good <laughs> hey, afternoon you, and good morning, You, you didn't show up Hello. for the opening segment like your Roman Reigns, so I got to get bring up your Roman Reigns schedule. So. I'm... Good morning, SP. How are you today? Um, you look great. <laughs> I see you got your bald now, friend. Great. Wonderful. You weren't like that yesterday. Light Caesar. Yeah. Light Caesar. Light Caesar. <laughs> very, very... The light is shining from your head. I can't tell anything, anything else, you know. So. Hey, hey, that's God. Hey, friend. Good say, morning. Say hi hey. to Kim. Hey, friend. <laughs> Good afternoon. How are you? Uh, see, she knows it's afternoon for you, Carrie. See, she's yeah. she, she she knows how to greet you. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate it. I said it. good I'm afternoon happy. first and then good morning because I knew he was up longer than we have been. So yeah, see parties put, putting me before you <laughs> putting me before you best fresh. You know, Chrissy knows exactly. the right things. Thank you. I no. have home training unlike him. He always will put people business out in front of family, in front of company. <laughs> Anywho, how are you? How's everything going? We are doing well. You you, you caught us as we were about to get into things. But before that, we do have a super chat donation from the good brother, Vala B. Thank you so much, Vala B, for the support. He says, goes without saying, Gato is a coward for not giving us what we want. But this has to be the most unpredictable G1 I can think of in quite some time. It's the G1 I, climax yeah. now? Is that time of year? It, it was starting in about one month, right, Kirian? Yeah, oh, middle, wow. middle of July, middle of July. Okay. Yes, yes, we're we're coming up on it. We'll talk about the blocks that were announced earlier today. But first, let's talk about the big event from last Sunday for so New big, Japan Pro Wrestling happening next month. Yay. Yes, yes, Kiri. And if you if you haven't uh, heard that, uh, Chrissy Love says that G One Climax sounds like a porno. That is very <laughs> accurate. Yeah, no, that's a hundred percent. That there's money to be made there in a parody. A hundred percent. I've been trying to tell these people this, and they just think that I'm just a, just a talking, you know, someone... and they don't understand. Like this is everyone's favorite time of year. Who doesn't I mean, know that this is like... the thing that make everyone go off? There's Duh. so many. There's so many <laughs> moves. There's so many moves. You don't even have to be original. You got the pumping bomber, the rainmaker. It writes That's itself, man. The gift that keeps on giving. The pumping robbery. I never thought of it in that term. But yes. <laughs> I've been. I don't understand why he. See, it took you to. I appreciate you and thank you. It finally got SP on board because he just did not um, understand. Imagine the DVD for that, where they do the block format. Hey, for, I mean, uh, <laughs> Yano, Yano loves a DVD, man. Let's not put it past him, man. This is true. This is true. <laughs> Oh man, and uh, we got Volabi saying G1 Climax, you gotta max the max. There you go. There you go. <laughs> even got a theme tune. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Sounds like a fortune cookie. Yes. But New <laughs> Japan for Wrestling Dominion was last Sunday, one of their biggest events of the year. And a lot, a lot of noteworthy things went on. But we got to talk first about the main event. And it was a great one as Sonata went one on one with the re debuting, <clears throat> debuting Yoda Suji. And boy, oh boy, did Yoda Suji have the I'm him performance his his move set is ridiculous he showed out but he came up just short of making me feel like negro damas and being correct as i picked him last week but sonata was able to overcome him hitting the deadfall to retain the iwgp world heavyweight championship uh speaking of titles you had hiromu takahashi defeating master wado in a tremendous bout to retain the iwgp junior heavyweight championship over the best of super juniors 30 winner you also had will osprey defeating lance Archer in an awesome sprint of an opener to set up Osprey versus Omega 2 at Forbidden Door 2 on the 25th. And speaking of kind of sprints, you also had another sprint in Zack Sabre Jr. defeating uh, Jeff Cobb to retain the uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling World Television Championship in a brilliant matchup of the Techers versus the power of Cobb. And then you had the big shakeup and drama within the Bullet Club as the 
group was reshaped throughout the show. You first had uh, Catch 2-2 regain the IW the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships in a fun bout against the Jet Setters. And then after the matchup, Dan Maloney turned on United Empire to align with Clark Connors and join the Bullet Club to attack the new champions. Then you had Bishamon beat uh, House of Torture and United Empire's Great Okan and Aaron Hanare to win the IWGP and New Japan Strong Tag Team Championships. Post-match, they were attacked by the Bullet Club as the Bullet Club War Dogs were revealed to be Alice Coglin and Gabriel Kidd who laid out Bishamon and made a statement. You also had David Finley beat El Fantasmo in a rock-solid bout to retain the Never Openweight Championship due to a distraction from his new Bullet Club as the Bullet Club is reborn in the image of David Finley, and then you had one of probably the one of the more talked about matches from this show was Kazuka Okada, Tomorio Ishii, and Hiroshi Tadahashi defeating Shoto Amino, John Moxley, and Claudio Castanoli in his debut in New Japan Pro Wrestling in an absolutely outstanding trios matchup. Dave Meltzer rated the match five stars to retain the never open weight six man tag team championships as Okada shut the door on another unruly kid and then post-match what everybody was talking about after the show John Moxley introduced a video from what he called the best wrestler in the world and of course he was referring to his Blackpool Combat Club com comrade Brian Danielson He's as he challenged as he challenged Okada for a match at Forbidden Door. So much noteworthy things. Look at, his, look at that face. So many noteworthy things from this Dominion show. Let's start with the main event. And how impressed were you, Karrion, with the performance from Yoda Suji and Sonata shutting the door on the re-debuting uh, kind of monster that he was? It was perfect, right? Like, the, the, what, what? If you were going into this match, what do you think the goal would have been? If, if let's make Suji a big deal, let's get Suji over, right? And they they done that in spades. Like, you thought he might have actually won. You know, you, he he showed off this very varied move set, lots of stuff that no one had seen before. He's flying over the top rope, even though he's a huge man with ease, because he loves his lucha, even though he's a huge Japanese dude. And I loved the story they told. Like, what was Sonata had knew nothing about Suji going into this match. They had no pre-game pre matches, no build, like, preview matches. And what was the one thing Sonata knew? Suji <laughs> would spear him the fuck out of his boots. That's how Suji came back. He fucking speared Sonata out of his boots. And what happens when Suji goes for the spear? Sonata catches him with a fucking perfect dropkick in midair. And it looked great. You saw the picture a second ago. It was perfect. And then he goes on to win from that. I think they told... A tremendous story and i'm so chuffed with like how awesome snara is being as champion i think he's come on he's incredible this year yeah, he's, he's been drawing very well. Dominion drawed well. Dantaku drew well. And he's been having great matches. The match with Hiromu was fantastic. This match was great. And he really showed that he can be the type of world champion that can make his opponent look better in the process. So you always uh, love seeing that. I know you want to talk about Chrissy Love. Brian Danielson uh, challenging Okada. All right, as a kind of a novice, casual New Japan fan, how excited are for you to see Brian versus Okada at Forbidden Door coming up on the 25th? If it's anything like um, Grand Slam, um, Omega and Danielson, I am 
ready for it all because that was amazing to see. So I'm sure they're going to do the same thing times 25,000. I don't know. But I'm sure they're going to, I mean, move the roof off that mother because it's. I'm so excited. I don't deserve this. I, I love that. That's been like the phrase for everybody saying, we don't even deserve this. We don't deserve this. Can we continue on to the next one? I'm just like, I don't understand. And this is, and this is in the same night. They, be, Oh my God. It better not be like 21 matches. Cause we need like, we need to fully like grasp it. I don't want to get tired after so many matches. And then when I need to get, get to this one, I'm like, all right, well, I don't have the energy cause I'm tired. Cause I've been watching like four hours of this shit. You understand what I'm saying? So I hope it, I, I mean, it's going to be packed, but don't pack it too much. We can't enjoy and get it injected into our veins, if that makes sense. Nah, I definitely understand where you're coming from. They're, giving, they're going to give them at least, like, they might can go an hour, to be honest. I mean, I mean, you got to give, at the very least, this match and the Omega Osprey, too, you got to give both matches at least 30 minutes. 30, at least 30, 30, yes, at least, like... I mean, I'll take 45 if you could give it to me too, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> like it has to be something where they have they both have to be bangers, and I'm sure they're gonna be like probably like back to back. First, you're talking about pornos, now you want more time in the ring with them. So, you know so. what? <laughs> Who doesn't always want more time? Duh. Always want more. Say put on 15 minutes, just 15 more minutes, honey. Um <laughs> period how surprised were you for this uh danielson okada because it really seemed like they were building toward okada and moxley especially after resurgence and the reaction that they got i know that a lot of people wanted you know brian versus zach saber jr since we didn't get it last year but mm. i don't think anyone was complaining that we got we're getting okada and brian I think the surprise for me is just that it's a singles match. Like when, when Moxie teased the video, I was like, okay, they, they replaced the weak link Shota Umino with Danielson. That's your match. That's incredible. You know what I mean? And then for it to be a singles match is what blew my mind. And I'm always of the thing of like, I, I just like with Kenny and Osprey earlier this year, I was like, I can't believe they're doing it now. And it's mm -hmm. like with well, Okada and Danielson, I was like, I can't believe they're doing it now. But it's like as well, like, they just fucking if you can do it just fucking do it like it's yeah. wrestling someone might get injured someone you know someone might not be at the same speed they were once upon a time i'm just i, I think i'm still in a bit of disbelief that it's happening and now the brain is mm -hmm. racking like do we, is it a draw do we get a decisive winner because i'm hard pushed to see new japan letting okada be pinned quite frankly i think if anything daniel uh brian danielson would be the more likely man to get pinned here yeah, man. I mean, that's my guess that they they're going to probably split these two. And it's it really depends on which match, how they go, because I feel like the Osprey Omega matchup, that is a, a little bit uh, more unpredictable to me because they can go either way after after I thought with Wrestle Kingdom. I really I don't know about you, Carrie. I don't know about Chrissy, but I thought Osprey was going to win at Wrestle Kingdom. So Same. when Kenny wins, it makes this rematch very unpredictable because they can go Kenny winning again because it's in his home country and it's an AEW show. And then oh, that sets up yes. the, the third matchup in Osprey's home country for presumably at That's all what I'm in. For. Yeah, do you think so? I, I'm hoping so. I mean, it'd be really cool to say I was at the first match in Tokyo Dome and then I was at Wembley Stadium for the third match as well. I'm not going to be able to go to, to Canada <laughs> as much as much as I'm trying to convince my fiance uh, that we should go um, <laughs> and get a, get a last minute plane. But yeah, I think it, it makes so much sense. You have, they, they both could say that their second home is Japan. 
they they both yeah. you know you can't argue that case the first match happens there second match you go to kenny omega's home in canada and then the third match you go to will Ospreay's home of of, of england like that what what storyline gets that opportunity to happen in three different continents and for it mm. to be in a space of one year and for it to be in each place a man could call home like that that's just yeah. unheard of that's once in a lifetime shit I'm over here playing checkers and you playing chess, man. This is, this is <laughs> three different continents. Yo, I ain't even think about that shit, yo. Like, I'm who's thinking about that? Not me. I just think that they're going to wrestle and they're going to do it in three different continents. You playing chess, friend. And then as well, you've got it in a, a, a full-blown New Japan show, a full, a, like a joint show, and then a full-blown AEW show. Like, it ticks every fucking box. And it's, a, and it's on in different, three different um, promotions. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. See? Yeah, it, it's so many different ways to to go about it, and I agree that there you this is kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity to do the trilogy. And I know there's some people that argue against the trilogy, but <clears throat> I, th I think you have to do it after the quality of what we saw at Wrestle Kingdom, like for a match that had so lofty expectations, but it exceeded them, and it's like unanimously they exceeded them to the point that on January fourth we pretty much got our match of the year because we're now six months into the year and nothing has topped that to me i don't know mm -hmm. about y'all but it's still my match of the year i mean did you see aaron hanare versus shingo target i'm joking um yeah no <laughs> nothing, nothing has come close nothing oh we got we got a couple of comments here to highlight a bunch of people talking about dominion and the different uh talking points from the show with uh negro bug saying driller definitely fits better in bullet club than he did in united empire how surprised were you about uh dan maloney turning his back on united empire and joining bullet club at the show well, from, from the show today his name is actually now just driller maloney they've dropped the, they've dropped the dan he's she's changed it to just driller maloney and that sounds Gabe, better. Gabriel Kid is <laughs> Gabriel. He's just Gabe Kid now as well, which again okay. sounds better. Um, you know what? It, it was obviously totally unexpected, but in hindsight, you know, it, it makes so much more sense. He fits in so much better with Bullet Club than he does with United Empire. I just love the storytelling reason is that he was basically like TJP and Akira are a couple of fucking geeks. Like, I wanted to go and get a beer, and Akira was like, we should get bubble tea, and I'm trying to have a smoke. <laughs> he's like, you shouldn't smoke that beer. And he's just like, fuck these guys, man. So he goes and joins Bullet Club instead. I mean, it's the most absurd reasoning, but I love it. I, I think that's genius. That is that is that is very genius. They just they just weren't up to smoke with with the stuff that I'm about. So I had to I had to dip up out on them. That makes a lot of sense to me. Hi, good morning. That's that's like a lot. That's like a logical reason of of I'm not these guys' friends. So let me just move on. <laughs> And you also had, uh, like you said, Gabe Kidd and uh, and Alex Coglin, and I know you 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 have uh, chatted with Alex Coglin. Were you surprised of that one with uh, Alex Coglin joining Bullet Club? Oh man, I shouted the house down, man. Like I love those two dudes. Uh, when Alex was on excursion in the UK, we hung out a load. We went out for a meal together on my birthday, and you know, a few months ago, I went out and had lunch with Gabriel Kidd. We just met up after a rep, the day after Red Pro Show, and we hung out for a few hours. Um, and, you know, they're both such good dudes. And, my again, my fiancé was like, I can't believe I've had a member of Bullet Club sleep on my couch, speaking about Alec Coughlin, which is pretty wild. Um, but, yeah, like, I love those dudes so much. And it just would infuriate me with LA Dojo guys, how they were just the happy-go-lucky, like, oh, I'm happy to be here. I'll just team up yeah. with the good guys. 
And then they changed that with Clark Connors, gave him something to sink his teeth into. And it's a perfect fit for Gabriel Kidd. And I love that Alex Coughlin is kind of doing this menacing silence thing where he's just got these big, weird eyes that just make you uncomfortable, kind of. Like, what what the fuck's going on in that head? Uh, and I think they're perfect fit. And I, I love what David Finley's doing with the Bullet Club. It is, someone said it in the chat, I can't remember who, it's very reminiscent of the OG Bullet Club. They, they're, they're disruptors. You know, they're throwing, they're, before the match begins, they're throwing chairs in the ring today, like tons of them. They're fighting through the crowd. Um, it's a, it's a proper bullet club. You know what I mean? Like it was the Jay White show the bullet club felt like for a long time. And Kelly yeah. Omega's bullet club wasn't really a bullet club. We had to spin off into the elite and stuff like that. Um, and I know you've got all these branching ones. You've got Impact, Bullet Club, Gold, House of Torch, all that bullshit. If you just look at the core bullet club, that core group of guys, there's so <clears> much, <throat> there's so much potential now. Yeah, I think I think they are on the right foot, and I'm I'm higher than a lot of other people on David Finley. I still think that he needs to kind of. Kind of get more comfortable in the role that he has. He still has room to grow there, but I do agree that there that this kind of this whole kind of bullet club reborn in his image kind of took the next step at this show. So I did I did enjoy a lot of the additions that they made. We got uh, Nero Buck in the chat with a super chat donations. Thank you so much for that. He said so funny that Okada is beefing with like five people. Oh, I, I, I said true. I said it. That's true. I said it before, I'll say it again. I was like, you can have your bloodline stuff in WWE. You can have your elite versus BCC in AEW. My favorite storyline in wrestling today is Okada versus the unruly kids. He is the angriest dad in the world. And now he's versing one of the happiest dads in the world, Tim Brian Danielson. It don't get no better than this, Kyrian. He's It's just like if you're under the age of 30, I'm coming for you. Like if you're under the age of 30 <laughs> and you step anywhere near the New Japan ring, it's on site. Like it's, it's on site. Love it's it. fucking tremendous. Like, no one done anything. Like, you know, no one was come up to him and said, like, fuck your mom. Nothing like that. It was just like, oh, you're a kid. <laughs> fuck you. Like, he, you're a rainmaker. It's, it's right. such a, it's a, a welcome turn for him. Like, having this yeah. just dickhead character. It, and he plays it off so well. Like, just in everything, like, not knowing and caring about the All Japan guys all together and... You know, yes. being a prick to Kiyomiya during that match again. And then, you know, we've got G1 to see whether they'll meet up and stuff. He is just, he, he's my favorite thing in wrestling right now, for sure, Okada. I, I've been loving uh, Angry, uh, or, or or as Chris Carlton said it yesterday on All Together Again, which we'll touch on uh, right here in a bit, uh, the F them kids Okada. We had a balloon Okada, we had cocky upstart Okada, we had the Rainmaker Okada, and now we got F them kids Okada. And <laughs> you, 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 you gotta love it. You gotta love it. I love it in every single way possible. It doesn't get, there's no better character in wrestling to Today than Eftem Kids Okada. Honestly, if they if New Japan was smart, you know, obviously the meme is the Michael Jordan fuck them kids black and white picture. Do that with Okada. <laughs> put out on a shirt. Can you imagine how much money they would make? Hey, see, see, he's once again, Chris. He's doing he's doing the 3D chess, 3D chess right there. Yeah, if, they, if, 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 if New Japan don't do it, I'm gonna have to try to do it myself. Like, just find a picture, <laughs> you know, of Okada. Fuck them kids over it. And I'm, yeah. a, I'm a self-made 100 pound man. 
Hey, uh, and we got to talk about, like I said, we touch on uh, All Together Again, which was yesterday because it continued the Eftem kids Okada because he was across the ring from his his least favorite person in the world. The person who ignited this new Okada, the person who kicked him in the head uh, back in January, Kaito Kiyomiya. And that was, in my opinion, one of the, I thought the Dominion matchup with the Blackpool Combat Club versus Okada. Okada, Tadahashi, and Ichii was an incredible trios match. But honestly, I feel like this matchup from All Together Again was that much better because of the Kiyomiya and Okada stuff. All Together Again was yesterday with New Japan Pro Wrestling, All Japan Pro Wrestling, and Pro Wrestling Noah coming together. He and it had one of them. Is that on purpose? I, that's the whole thing. That's it. People were oh. always comparing him to him. And he kind of like was less like he had nothing to do with him. He didn't care about him. He was mm -hmm. GAC heavyweight champion in pro wrestling Noah and showed okay. no respect. Okada showed him no respect until he kicked him in the head and put a knot on his head basically wow. in January. And that has led to Okada being the angriest dad in the world. But they were going at it during this six man. Uh, you also had Okada not getting along with his tag team partner Keno but you uh Yuma Ayagi put them together they got the victory over Tadahashi uh Kento Miyahara and Kaito Kiyomiya in an absolutely sensational main event matchup uh this this whole show was very just a lot of fun a lot of inconsequential things but definitely the main event you have to go out of your way to see if you want to watch another match you also had a battle of the junior aces from all three companies with Atushi uh uh, Ayagi teaming up with Amakusa and Hiromu Takahashi to beat Rising Hayata Hayati Hayato and Master Wado in a super fun fast-paced trios match but everybody is talking about the Kiyomiya and Okada stuff from all together again and that is a nice segue to talk about the G1 climax because the G1 <laughs> climax blocks were uh, basically the participants were announced at Dominion and then this morning at New Japan Road they announced the blocks and Gato's first of all Gato's a coward because he didn't put the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship on Yoda Suji. How do you see that guy and not put the title on him? That's the first thing that makes Gato a coward. Or you couldn't put the, the IWGP junior title on Master Wado. Be have grow some ball. I called them big balls, Kato with Kyrian on Ace Techers, and then his brawls shrunk up at Dominion. But then we get the G1 climax blocks announced, and I was like, Listen to Chris Carlton. Chris Carlton said with the G1 announcement, put Okada in with all the kids, but they didn't do that. They announced the blocks today and it's a four-block format, 32 participants overall, so eight people per block. In the A block, you got Sonata, the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. You also got uh, Shota Amino, Yota Suji, Ren Narita, Chase Owens, Hikaleo, Gabriel Kidd, and Kaito Kiyomiya. In the B block, you got Okada, you got Yo Yoshihashi, Tangaloa making his return, El Phantasmo, Taichi, Kenta, Great Okan, and Will Osprey. So we are going to definitely get Osprey and Okada in block format here. C block, you got Tomohiro Ishii, Tamatanga, Mikey Nichols, Shingo Takagi, Aaron Hanare, Evil, David Finley, and making his debut in the G1 from AEW and ROH. 
Eddie mm-hmm. Kingston. Yes, indeed. What? And then Uncle in the Eddie's D block, G one. Oh Uncle God. Eddie smoking a cigarette outside Kurgan Hall. I can't wait. What? Uh, <laughs> in the D I block, you, you got. You got Hiroshi Tadahashi, Hiroki Goto, Toriyano, uh, Tensio Naito, Zack Sabre Jr., Jeff Cobb, Shane Hayes, and Alex Coglin. How excited are you for this year's G1? Do you agree with the 32-man block and the four-block format making its return this year, Kyrian? And just overall thoughts on the G1 climax coming well, up. I think, uh, I think Vala B has mentioned it in the chat as well. They're, they're reducing a the time limit from 30 minutes to 20 minutes, which is a first. Yes. And that's going to make things very interesting. Maybe we're going to get some more draws and stuff. But certainly there's not going to be that usual you hit the 20-minute mark and shit kicks into a higher gear. It's going to kind of have to be higher gear from the off. Um mm. But yeah, I mean, I think that there, there, there's some stinkers in there, but unfortunately, it's always going to be the way you need. You know, not everyone can be great in a 32-man field. Um, I think I'm low-key excited for D block uh, most, and obviously A block because Kaito Kiyomiya just challenging all these new guys is going to be so interesting. Um, but I think like you know, A block is the talking point with Kaito being there, and it's the youngster block. You've got Shota, Suji, Narita, Hikileo, Gabriel Kidd, um, the champion in Sonata, and then Chase Owens as well. But I think D block is kind of like your your dark horse work, like your workhorse block, like Tanahashi and Goto, uh, Naito, Zack Sabre Jr., Jeff Cobb. Like you know, they're all gonna put on bangers. Alex Coglin's gonna be out to prove himself, and he's gonna be pulling off just absurd shit. Uh, and then you know, Shane Haste, I think, is gonna low key be an MVP of this tournament. I think people really I sleep agree. on how fucking good that man is. Um, so him being in singles matches, I'm delighted to see. And then you know, Yano Yano, unfortunately, he's got to fit in somewhere. Um, but I think, like, yeah, if you was to, I think D Block has the most potential for just straight up bangers. Uh, you know, of course, people excited for Eddie Kingston. You know, we're gonna get Eddie versus Ishii again, and uh, Eddie versus Shingo. Um, yes. And and then a big one being with Osprey versus Okada, because I'm pretty sure the only time Osprey has beaten Okada is in the G1 Climax, and it was when the United Empire was formed and Great Okan returned from Excursion. So oh it, God, it's it, there's a there's a lot going on here. A lot, and that's just like barely scratching the surface. And then we're getting quarterfinals before semifinals before finals as well. So like two men are getting are gonna get through from each block. Um, it's a it's a fuck it, it's a lot. It's a lot. It is, and I I love like you said every block kind of has this theme with Sonata kind of mixing it up with the younger guys with Suji Shooter Narita and Kaito Kiyomiya in there. You got Okada and Osprey, which is really kind of the leaders of that uh, B block. You got the Hoss fight block, which is the C block with Ishii, uh, Eddie Kingston, Shingo Takagi, and like you said, the workhorse, the work rate guys in the D block with Tadahashi, Naito, ZSJ, Shane Hayes. That's going to be a lot of a lot of fun as well. Chrissy Love, I know you are happy to see Eddie Kingston in there. Do, what, do you, what would you put as far as percentage for Eddie to at least make it to the, the Elite Eight, the quarterfinals, and yeah. make it in the top two in the make- C block? Right. I hope I would hope they would give him don't make him go all the way over there for nothing now. <laughs> like like maybe he'd be out here for a reason. I guess, you know, he's out there for, you know, something. So I'm I'm excited. That's what I was like looking as you were saying out before you even said, I was like, wait, is that? And because <laughs> I couldn't really see everybody all together. So as you were talking, and I was like, wait, because I was too focused on the D block, and then I saw I went back over and I had I'm looking. I was like, oh, Uncle Eddie, yay. Love Uncle Eddie. 
<laughs> Uncle Eddie, yes. Uncle Eddie is get, realizing a dream. That's been a dream for right. Kingston for so long. And I, I can't wait to see what and this he is does, his first time? Mm -hmm. Yes. This the, is the first the, time the ever? The Shingo the Kingston. Yeah, yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. The Shingo oh, Kingston cool. matchup is probably the matchup I'm probably most looking forward to from the G1. What about you, as far as just the, the block format, uh, Kieran? What's the matchup you're most looking forward to? Um, that's a really good question that I had no time to think about. Uh, I, I want to <laughs> say Kaito Kiyomura versus someone. Um, I think Kaito versus Sonata, maybe. Like, especially because I think the, the, an exciting question going into every tournament is who beats the World Heavyweight Champion to get a yeah. future title shot in the build to Wrestle Kingdom. I think Kaito would be the perfect man for that. Um, get the pin, get the big win, and then you know Sonata retains in a title defense. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm I'm by far the most pumped to see Kaito Kiyomiya in this tournament. I wish he had someone, you know, the obvious pick is in Okada, but like a Naito, you know what I mean? Just a big yeah. fucking name in his block. And I appreciate Sonata is the world heavyweight champion, but just one of those guys that you're like, holy shit, we're going to see Kiyomiya and this man in the ring together, like we were Okada once upon a time. I wish we had that, but um, but otherwise, like I, I'm super excited for Alex Coughlin, and Gabriel Kidd to be there as well. Like you know, talking about Bullet Club, um, Gabe Kidd versus Kaito Kiyomiya. Uh, I think Gabe Kidd called out Kiyomiya last year at some point, um, when he was just seemingly calling out everyone, admittedly. But Kiyomiya was one of those men on his hit list, so I, I, I think he's going to go into that one all guns blazing. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to a lot of this. That's why I said if they just would have swapped out Okada for Sonata. Mm. This I think the, the I think I would just be like the the block yeah. format this block format gets an A from me because mm. Okada needed to be in there with those young guys and you could choose one of the young guys to get the big win over Okada but you build it to the block final where the block final should have been Kiyomiya and Okada there's there's no matchup that nobody that everybody was talking about more than a potential Okada versus Kiyomiya and yes we can get it possibly in the semifinals but that's up to a lot of chance and a lot of things happening uh both guys avoiding injury both guys betting through their block and getting through the quarterfinals before we even have a chance of it happening I really hope we do. Like, I wish it was possible in the quarterfinals because I think Kiyomiya in a semifinal is kind of a wasted spot in a way. Like, that's a chance to build someone up. You know, he's not a no, he's not a New Japan boy, but I think it would be crazy if they had these men in the same tournament and they didn't cross paths. That would just be absurd. Or you know, maybe neither man makes it to the final and then they're in a tag match against each other or something in, in the last few days. It's always a possibility, but obviously we all want that singles match. We don't want them in a tag match. Yeah, 100%. And maybe we they're building it towards next year's Wrestle Kingdom. You never know with, with Gato, but you're a coward, Gato. You heard me. <laughs> you heard me call you out. Uh, but yes, that, that it's very interesting. And of course, we'll talk more about the G1 as we uh, make our way through everything. But we want to thank Kirian for joining us on the show today, talking about Dominion, talking about All Together Again, talking about uh, the G1 Climax. And you can hear Kirian talking all about New Japan Pro Wrestling over on Wrestle In, where he does a bunch of great content over on their Patreon, as well as the main uh, site as well and Fightful Overbook. But Kirian, I'll let you do your own plugs. Let the people know where they can follow you, good sir. 
Yeah, at Kieran RH93 down here, uh, posting gifts and clips and all that good stuff. Um, at Wrestle In, Wrestle I double N. Uh, recently had an exclusive drop on Patreon, patreon.com slash wrestle in with Gideon Gray. Uh, we watched a match together and I interviewed, like, we were just having a chat during it. Admittedly, we didn't speak about the match much, but he, he's got such a brain for the industry. I keep telling him, you've got to get a podcast guy, man. He's such well thought out thoughts uh he's such a really good mind when it comes to wrestling um but yeah at kieran rh93 and at wrestle in is the two main places and then of course over on fightful overbooked where i'm sure you're you are all already subscribed because sp3 is on there multiple times <laughs> every day <laughs> i i was on there a lot this week for sure <laughs> one final good question that i see here in the chat uh since you mentioned it earlier before you go kieran who do you got pinning sonata from his block i think it's got to be kiyomiya it like i think you can get away with one loss and that he still doesn't make the semi-final the quarterfinals or he can make the quarterfinals and then lose sonata um but i think it's got to be kiyomiya it's not I, we're not i don't think we'll get suji again i think it's too soon for shoto and ren because they haven't gotten that same big fucking rocket to the moon like suji did um chase owens and hikaleo i don't think there's any chance and as much as i'd love to say gabriel kid i don't think they they see that in gabe just yet so I think your only choice is, re is really Kiyomiya with maybe like, you know, Shoto or Ren as, as just second picks. I say Suji. Give Suji the win he should have got at Dominion. I think I that mean, would be... Yeah, and then you get the rubber match. Yeah. Because, yeah. I, I mean, that Dominion match went short as well in the best possible way. It was like less than 20 minutes. And it didn't need to be. It didn't need to be any longer than that. They've been doing very well with structuring their main events yes. in a good Big way time. like that, but... Thank you so much, Kyrian, for joining us. And I'm, I'm going to put the invite out here. Please join us for our preview of Forbidden Door. I would love to have you on. Of course, man. You know, anytime you, anytime you hit me up, you know, I'm always going to be game. For sure, Kyrian. Enjoy the rest of your day and enjoy dinner and stay cool out there in the UK. Enjoy. Yeah, I'll try it. Take care, guys. <laughs> Catch you later. Bye. Later, man. Bye. Couple of other uh, few notes from Dominion and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, you had Claudio Castanoli had a bunch of travel issues mm -hmm. heading into Dominion. Uh, he he nearly uh, was actually kept off the card for NJPW Dominion, where he teamed with John Moxley and Shoto Amino, Amino in a loss to Okada, Ishii, and Tadahashi. However, the match almost didn't happen, and New Japan had to change the match order before the show so he could be a part of it. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter reported that Castanoli arrived at Osaka Joe Hall at the beginning of the match between Hiromu Takahashi and Mastawato, which was the time that his match was supposed What's to go supposed on. Yeah, yeah. So he was he only arrived maybe basically 25 minutes before he came out for the matchup. The problem was because three delayed flights, one canceled wow. flight and another flight that was uh, scheduled yeah. but missed due to delays. At one point, it was believed he'd had to change his gear on the drive over from the airport and then what? immediately get to the ring. But Castanoli kept everyone updated throughout this old deal and his match was moved to where it was to give him more time. But mm -hmm. man, this is why, wow. this is why, this is why I got on people who were complaining about like on this week's dynamite, which we'll get into in just mm -hmm. a few minutes here. Uh, they were like, oh, the New Japan, why there's no New Japan people on, on uh, AEW Dynamite? It's because they had a show on Friday, and they want to avoid this Any type of, type of because... yeah, yeah. Because that's, that's so, a bitch to, like, be delayed, and then you miss a flight, or you, you can't connect, or they're not leaving, or they're just rerouting you, or they're just, 
they're just not they're just not helping you get to where you need to be and you know we all are not thinking like yeah i got somewhere to go you might not to but we all got like things to do and it's like if you missed it you're fucked and that's exactly what happened to him like especially if you're not doing it like privately or whatever like you know you gotta get multiple flights to get over here it's not easy it is not easy and, and, it, and it costs a lot Oh hell yeah! It takes it's cost a ridiculous amount of money to to get to Japan, and uh, we got and, uh, and then they want to do it in like two days. Like, you got that money to pay for a flight with for in two days? Like, nah. Son. Exactly. If you ain't willing to pay the money, you got nothing to complain about. That's how yeah. I feel. Yeah. <laughs> Miguel in the chat saying Claudio looked happy. Yeah, I think he was more yes, relieved he, he, than yes. happy. And even uh, Annika is saying, "Dang, yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a lot." <laughs> and uh, New Japan kept everybody updated on their social media, so they did, did a good job on there and being very transparent about yeah. the whole issues and everything. And then the final news note from Dominion: El Desperado, who wasn't at Dominion, he was actually a part of GCW's Tournament of Survival, mm. getting his uh, death match itch on. He made a challenge to none other than John Moxley to a rematch from their match from last year at njpw music city mayhem that match which was no dq had moxley getting the win and moxley not only replied to the challenge he said he will be at njpw strong independence day on july 4th and 5th in tokyo and he won't be alone he will be joined by none other than homicide so it's going to be homicide mm -hmm. and john moxley teaming up to verse el desperado and a mystery partner I'm just going to put it out there. El Desperado and Minoru Suzuki, that needs to be the team for mm. this tag team matchup. Please give me that. They're already members of the same team with strong style. Just get it done, Gato. Do yeah. something for me, Gato. Stop being a coward and do something for me. I'm just, I'm just calling how do we out get, Like, Why do you get all this good wrestling? I'm not understanding this. This is crazy. These are all from like independent companies. These are all, all, like, from, small, all from companies outside of WWE. I wouldn't call them independent because, you know, like AEW, the more of a smaller, New Japan's the range major. of it. Yeah, yeah. They're more of a smaller range. Sorry, not independent, but more of the smaller range. And it's just like, how are we, we, how are we getting such awesome wrestlers just be able to just go and just travel and just wrestle other places and have a good time and do things that they love? It's, it's unseen. Very rare. Very rare. And like, like I said, that's why the name of this episode is Summer of Dream Matches and Drama because the dream matches, man, it's in excess. And uh, like uh, Frantic World says here, uh, I was so happy that Claudio Castanoli made it to NJPW Dominion and he was great in that matchup. He had a hell of a debut for NJPW, like just doing the swing on uh, Okada. He was great throughout the matchup. His interactions with Okada was great. His interactions with Ishii, with uh, Tadahashi in the beginning were awesome. And like I said, Dave Meltzer gave that match five stars. I gave it four and three quarter stars. I thought it was one of the best trios matches that New Japan has ever done. And spoiler alert, it's in my matches of the week this week because that was a must watch for everybody to watch between that and the altogether uh, main event. The trios, like the trios, I think yeah. It was said earlier in the chat that it's been an amazing year of trios matches in New Japan and AEW, uh, even in WWE. They've had some great trios matches throughout this year. Well, that's true. I, I was about to say which one for WWE, but I'm, 
I guess so they had one or two, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they've had some... They they always do pretty well with the multi-man matches. Multi-man matches is usually... That's true. You That's true. Like, we, I didn't know... Yeah, the one that we got from, from WrestleMania was really, really good. And we didn't really think that was going to even be one of the, like, matches of the night, of, you know, for that, that particular one, so... Yeah. I guess you have a uh, We got Vala B here saying, SP3, you're not pushing the Sonata uh, Jericho agenda here. We're going to talk more about Forbidden Door potential matches, but I put this out on social media. I will say it here. If Sonata is defending the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship at Forbidden Door, I think the best person for him to defend it to against, who's a top heel in AEW, who can afford the loss, is Chris Jericho. I think it just makes a whole lot of sense. Yes, you would need Jericho to get some wins before then and maybe yeah. beat a member of Sonata Stable, just five guys or something like that, because Jericho has picked up a lot of major losses, whether against Ricky Starks, against Adam Cole, you had last year against Action Andretti. So he needs some wins, but I feel as far as like star power and a guy, and, it, and it's a part of Sonata's story because uh, Jericho had the, the the rivalry with Los Inganables de Japón when Sonata was a part of that. I think there's no better option to first Sonata one-on-one for the title. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I am pushing that agenda, Valabi. Don't get it twisted <laughs> just because I ain't bringing it up here. I'm just a little upset that Yoda Suji is not our IWGP World Heavyweight Champion because he should be. He oh, should be, from, damn it. Is that from one of the matches from last night? No, I'm talking about uh, Yoda Suji from Dominion. From Dominion last oh, Sunday. Oh, okay. He should have won that. should have won then. Damn it. it. Uh, Negro Puck saying New Japan has been knocking it out of the park with their U.S. shows. Yes. Uh, but this New Japan Strong show is going to be in Japan. So I think it makes it easier to have some more star power on there. So. John Moxley's going to be there. Eddie Kingston's going to be facing Kenta for the strong open weight championship. So they got a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. We got Miguel in the chat who says resurgence was great to be there live. I'm jealous that you were there live for that. Cause that <laughs> sounded like a bunch of fun. Uh, Annika saying summer wrestling has finally popped off. Yes. Mm-hmm. In, different, in different ways across the board. Cause I feel with WWE is less of, the dream matches that we're going to see from the AEW and New Japan's of the world. It's more of the story, the story, mm-hmm. the top story, really, with uh, WWE that that has people interested right now. But yes, let's get into some things with AEW from this past week. AEW Dynamite did pretty good with the with the ratings. They did nine hundred and three thousand uh, viewers up against Game. Game uh, three of the three, yeah. finals. So very impressive. They were just slightly down from the week prior when they did 923,000 viewers. And the show featured a great match, an excellent mm, opener mm, with mm-hmm. Cassidy defeating Swerve Strickland to retain the AEW International Championship. 
Post-match, Mogul Embassy jumped Cassidy until Sting and Darby Allen made the save. You also had uh, Adam Cole, Bebe, interrupt MJF's promo for a very good exchange between these two men to set up a rivalry with MJF building up Cole to break him down before Cole goaded the champion into giving him a title eliminator matchup for next week's show. You're speaking of next week. You also had Blackpool Combat Club beat Chaos in a fun trios match. Post-match, the Hung Bucks of Hangman Adam Page and the Young <laughs> Bucks, yes. The Hung Bucks. Challenge Beast. Challenge Beast. Because the other, other leader is not here right now, so that's they, so they put Hangman in, in charge. Got it. Uh, Hung Bucks Challenge BCC to a trios <laughs> match for next week in Washington, D.C. Capital One Arena, 10,000 seaters, so they're trying to pack this, stack this lineup mm -hmm. to pack that building. Uh, you also had, in a very surprisingly wild Texas tornado match, you had Jungle Hook beat LFI. <laughs> Jungle uh, <laughs> Yes, Jungle Hook. Jungle Boy and Hook getting the win in that one. You also had Chris Statlander defeating Anna Jay to retain the TBS championship. And in the main event, you had Switchblade Jay White beat Ricky Starks in a good main event to, thanks to interference from the guns to give Jay White his first main event win in AEW. Your boy Jay White main evented the show, but what was kind of your highlight or low light from this week's Dynamite, Miss Chrissy Love? Um, my highlight was the opener. Loved it. I wish Swerve would have won, though. I feel like it's time to pull the trigger. I feel like they're missing the beat. Like, how many times? Like, Orange had, you know, he's done it well. Like, I think he's been it more than, like, six months. Has it been six? No, like, three months or so? Nah, it's been eight months. He won it October oh, yeah, two thousand twenty. Yeah, let's just let yeah let it go. Let it go. Like let someone else go now. Like you've get a, did a good run. Like we need it on a hill. Like let let Swerve get some bangers. And eight, I think each match like Swerve have put on has been so good. Like his last like two or three matches has been excellent. And like this one just solidified. I was like, why didn't they just pull the trigger? Like it's you're you're missing the beat here. I feel like you you really got to pull that trigger because he's hot right now and he's getting so much heat. Yeah, I, I I was with you. Like I'm a big Orange Cassidy fan, and I think he's right. had one of the right. best title reigns in AEW history. But mm -hmm. it just mm -hmm. felt like time. Like Swerve needs that win, especially because mm -hmm. he's in a new stable that everyone else in the stable has a championship except for him. Like let him let, he's him, let him shine. Yeah, he's right. a leader. Like let him let him shine and let him win the championship. It just felt like the right time. So was I was so slightly disappointed, but, but, yeah. but the match was so good. So I wasn't as disappointed <laughs> as I thought I was. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I did. It, it, I know, it just I worked. For, it just it just worked for me because it was an excellent matchup, and I and Jimmy Jimmy said the same thing on AE Ramble that despite him wanting Swerve to win and being he's definitely over this whole Orange Cassidy title yeah. reign, he yeah, was yeah, still all right with it because the he he but said it was, was a great yes. match. Yeah, it was. It's one of my picks for the week. So yes, um, I'm just yeah, disappointed in the end the, the end results, but. Overall, that does just that does outshine that the match was phenomenal and the, the ending sucks. So yes, it does outshine that part. <laughs> I don't even think the ending sucked because it did also protect uh, Swerve as well because they you had think uh, so? Orange. 
Yeah, they had orange. Uh, he pulled the tights. He cheated. He cheated. Oh, yes, one. that's true. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay, never mind. Sorry. Yeah, so they so they did protect Swerve in the way that uh, Orange got the win there. So a lot of fun on this episode of Dynamite. The other thing I wanted to ask you about with the show is what was your thoughts on the Adam Cole and MJF uh, promo exchange where it's, it's been pretty divisive. I know people mm-hmm. that love the segment, some people that like, just like the segment somewhere in the middle, and some mm-hmm. people that didn't like the segment at all. Where do you lie as far as MJF and Adam Cole's segment on the show? I thought the segment was good. I felt like it went a little too long though. Cause it was I felt like it was like a lot of like pauses, like like try to like have like the crowd like get amped up or like be like, oh, and then I feel like somebody maybe missed their cue or something like that. So I felt like it wasn't like it didn't flow like it should have. But I enjoyed it and I felt like it just was a tad bit too long. Yeah, but that's, that's, I kind of am used to the MJF uh, promos that go too long, especially on the first one, because you yeah. kind of have to set up the story. So I, I liked him talking about, you know, yes, all of yes, Cole's his, career mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, then also mm-hmm. ne- needling at Cole throughout it by mentioning different catchphrases that he's had like you went to florida and you shocked the system and you were the greatest (laughs) champion in that promotion's history and that my friend is undisputed but they did (laughs) and then he hit him with the basically 50 cent uh uh, wingston line he said in roh you was the man homie what the fuck happened to you (laughs) i loved it i I loved it no he did no he did great with that i i i can say like he MJF did his part. I feel like it was more Cole's side, maybe. That's maybe what it is. Maybe it was like Cole was maybe he didn't, I don't know if he's ever like got to go back and forth with with him. And I don't know if he knew how like like MJF is like on it. He's like, before you even finish your sentence, he's he's got the next line going and ready for you. So I feel like he probably didn't in- anticipate that part. So which made it didn't flow and which made it feel long. Yeah, we have a lot of people who goes back and forth with this. I know a lot of people who thought MJF was the better of the two. I was under that, as as it sounds like you were and Jimmy was mm-hmm. as well. And then we mm-hmm. got Christopher here. He says, I thought Adam Cole looked great. MJF, not so much. And uh, Aubrey, who's not a fan of MJF, says MJF says the same thing. I mean, well, he yeah, says the yeah. WWE stuff, but he does it in different ways. I feel in like a lot of the ways. insider and shooty stuff that a lot of the other guys can't get away with mjf executes it so well and it's so ingrained in his character that it comes off better than a lot of the other guys and and also each character that he does it to he does it in a different way so i feel like it's not the same all the time like he did like the catchphrases and he was like oh well even vince didn't think that you were the top guy and you know you had to go like you know these and things. Are- I, I love. I love him saying, "Say, Vince McMahon, yes, huge fan. I'm a huge fan. He knew. <laughs> he knew they were gonna boo that. He knew they were gonna boo that. So but I it, was like, I was like, yeah. But it's so it's so good. Like how, like you said, he is like one of the only guys that can do that freely. And like I feel like Tony Khan's like, do your thing. Don't even care. Go ahead, friend. Like because they know that he they that there's really nothing that they can like do really i mean they can but they really probably won't though so (laughs) he was like they can but they won't yeah (laughs) 
Now, the other thing I wanted to ask you about from this show was the main event, your boy Switchblade Jay White getting the win over Ricky Starks. But I've heard also this another thing that people were kind of divisive about or polarizing about was the guns helping uh, Jay White get the win. Do you think that we are this is leading to the guns joining the Bullet Club, Bullet Club getting a pair of guns? Bang bang gang getting their guns or uh or are you like against that because you're uh you're like a lot of the fans, not a fan of the ass boys. No, I like them. I think that they are awesome. Like they are they get man, if you when they did the mini man's deal, the heat, yo, that's what what we all do. That's that's what what, that's me. I was like, okay, I didn't I didn't really understand them, but then I was like, no, these guys get it. Like, no, they do it like strategically like they and they i think they need the bullet club to make them feel like even more much assholes and make them popular and i think jay white can do that and i think they they need a they need to be with a a a senior and like a leader but they need to be the young hotheads and i feel like they would be great like to attack people and make their make you're stronger with numbers sometimes and i think you need the numbers and they are they are part of the number and i i'm i'm for it pull the triggers i'm ready i will take i will buy the merch and, and make them come out too many men. Make that their song. <laughs> Fifty Cent has to sign off on that, please. They have that would have to be like their song, man. I agree with you there. Uh, we got Negro Bug saying main event Jay White. Absolutely, I am happy for that. Uh, Vala B says I wanted Gun Club to join uh, the Bang Bang Gang from the start. I-, I think that it works because I feel like Jay White is so cool and comes across as such a cool character that eventually he'll become the cool heel who gets booed. And as we've seen with MJF, you have to try very hard and really go for like the low hanging fruit to get the mm-hmm. heat that you need to be a top heel if you do that but by placing him with the guns who always get heat regardless of what you feel about them the fans boo them the fans don't like them <laughs> so they get the heat i think that's gonna bring heat to the bully club gold mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. gonna help them in the long run yeah i totally agree i can't wait for it to happen and i'm like okay yes i i, I get that you know ricky stocks had to get the l that, but it doesn't make him like look bad. But however, you need Jay White has to look, he has to win. Like there's no other way for you to do it. It's true. It's true. If he's going to be a heel, he can't win clean. You can't win like clean. And then also, he just got this. You can't have him like, I would hope that is not in his contract that he's losing right away. Yes. Like I have to and- win. Just in case people are like, oh, no, the guns, they would be like the worst Bullet Club members ever. This is the Bullet Club that also had Bone Soldier in them. And I'm not talking about the second coming of Bone Soldier, Taji Ishimori. I'm talking about the original Bone Soldier who was unanimously voted the worst wrestler that has been in New Japan this decade. So after you have someone like that, after you have House of Torture, (laughs) after have you know various other members jeff jarrett's been in the group like the bullet club have had a lot worse members than austin and colton gunn that's for damn sure but let's talk about uh we had the big (laughs) announcement this week after uh on aew dynamite as tony khan announced that (laughs) 
announced that CM Punk will team with FTR in the first episode of AEW Collision. Uh, Tony Khan announced on the episode that the main event of the first episode of Collision will be CM Punk and FTR teaming up against Samoa Joe and Bullet Club Goals, Jay White and Juice Robinson on June 17th. That is next Saturday. Ahead of the announcement on Dynamite, Fightful Select reported that Punk and FTR versus White, Juice, and Joe was a possible uh, po- a possibility for Collision's debut main event. I just realized it's Juice, J, and Joe. <laughs> Juice, J, and Joe. I love it. Juice, J, and Joe. Uh, in addition, the site reports that they've heard uh, Bullet Club Gold will be getting new members em- eminently, and the report notes that they haven't heard uh, specifically that Samoa Joe is among the members. Those close to the situation have said that White has been very laid back about his creative in the company so far, and that Punk likes White and wanted to work with him. What have you thought about Jay White's booking in AEW now two months in? You were there for his debut on April 5th in Long Island and what have you thought so far about Jay White in AEW um I think that it's amazing I think it's been it's been up and down almost I feel like though um some weeks he like they have him missing and then some weeks they have him like they're looking almost dominant but more so because of juice being there like as the backup i guess that's what leaders do have all the people do your work um so yeah it's been i feel like it's kind of an up and down so hopefully it stays on the up because that's what you need to look he needs to look strong and he doesn't look strong every week yes uh we got bro in the chat saying so (laughs) help me if jay eats the pin in this in this matchup come on bro we all know juice robinson is looking up at the lights Juice is here to take the fall for, and that's for fine. this team. Who does Juice go with again? Uh, Juice is uh, married to Tony Storm. Yes, thank you. Sorry. That's, yes. I, was, I, was trying, I, was, I forgot who I was trying to tell that to. He was my son. I can't remember. So we talked last week about, <laughs> um, you know, J, uh, J, CM Punk wanting to work with Jay White. We've mm-hmm. also heard the rumors that CM Punk and Samoa Joe is an option. If you had your choice, if you're the booker of AEW, Miss Christy Love, who would it be? Samoa Joe or Jay White for CM Punk's first feud coming back to AEW? I will give it to Joe. Because Jay can't eat, the, I don't think Jay should eat the loss first. I think That's he should true. win first. CM Punk is going to be here. Like, CM Punk, you, you, you're you going to be here. For, this is your show. This, this is going to be you. You're going to be here for a while. But I think that the per, the person that looks strong first of CM Punk, because this is your show, and then you have Jay come and dethrone you and then try to have his way back to, you know, get back to a couple of feuds. I, that, that makes a lot of sense. I, I That was my whole thing with uh, CM Punk <laughs> feuding with Jay White. It's like how they book it, it really depends on, uh, if it's like booked like this MJF feud where he can give he can give him the win first and then mm-hmm. Punk wins the feud overall, I'm mm-hmm. fine with that. But yeah. Punk needs to look strong when he's coming back. So I do agree. It's probably Joe uh, that is gonna be that should be the guy to feud with them. And let us know in the live chat, everyone watching. Let us know who you think CM Punk should feud with first between Samoa Joe and Jay White. And we'll highlight your comments on the screen with us here. But 
if you're talking about CM Punk's return, which is next Saturday for Collision, uh, we got an announcement about our Collision review. That's going to be at the end of our show. I'll tell you about what we're doing to review Collision, so stay tuned for that. But coming up after Collision is AEW New Japan Forbidden Door taking place on the 25th. And a new report notes that Kenta has been discussed as a as for a big match on the show. Fightful Select reports that the New Japan star, uh, star is under a working plan, quote-unquote, to work the show, which he has previously said he'd be open to if the money was right. According to the report, there's no confirmation yet as to whether Kenta's deal to appear at the pay-per-view is finalized. That said, both companies are working with the assumption that he'll be working the show, and CM Punk has been discussed as Kenta's potential opponent as well. Kenta and Punk have long feuded online over Punk using Kenta's finishing maneuver, the go to sleep, and Kenta teased a potential match late last month. Kenta has seen the reports that has been discussed as CM Punk's opponent for Forbidden Door, and he had a simple response going to Twitter and saying, oh, hell nah. Tell Tony Khan, in all caps, give me the bag. So <laughs> The whole bag? The whole bag. He wants the whole <laughs> bag. It's Chrissy Love. Are you interested in a Kenta versus CM Punk match for Forbidden Door? Yes. Again, these are... Okay. Please don't tire us out. I don't know how much of these matches I can take like for that night. That's going to be a... It's going to be a long night. Like, But I'm here for it all. Like Forbidden Door, open the door. Like That's what it's for. Like You're supposed to have these... Up Seen matches that you just didn't think could happen in this continent. This is true. All I will say, I said it on on AE Ramble. I said it over on the Fightful main channel. I'll say it here: people need to temper their expectations on what you're expecting between CM Punk and Kenta. I know everybody's their first response is, "Oh, CM Punk isn't the same either." Kenta has gone from Triple H of 2000. To Fat Triple H of 2003. He's gone from, yes, he's gone from Switchblade Jay White in New Japan to Jinder Mahal in 2017. Like, it's been a very big drop-off for Kenta mm -hmm. over the last two years. As someone that watches a lot so of New Japan, to realize that this is not the Kenta of 2006. This is the Kenta of 2023. So you're saying... That we shouldn't set our expectations too high. Just keep it like right yeah. at the bare minimum so that you don't right get over the bare minimum. Wow. So that you're not disappointed at the outcome because you weren't even excited in the first place. Exactly. And, and yeah, like Valabi, Valabi put it right. He died the day he had that match at Wrestle Kingdom with Tadahashi. He hasn't been the same since 2021 okay. when he had the okay. match with. with with Tanahashi at Wrestle King or 2022, but it just hasn't been the same since coming back. Just saying, just saying. Uh, Christopher saying, I loved Kenta in the late 2000s, but he hasn't had that kind of match in a long time. Thank you. Thank you. It's just, if you, if you know, you know, and you wouldn't be asking and saying, I need this match if you know. Uh, we got. <laughs> 
Annika in the chat who's agreeing with Chrissy Love, Samoa Joe to feud with CM Punk in his first feud back. And we got Ace who also agrees saying Samoa Joe. Christopher mm-hmm. says Punk versus Joe 2 is my favorite match of all time. Punk versus Joe 2 was the match that made me a Ring of Honor fan and made me a wrestling fan again when I was getting tired of WWF being the only show in town. So, mm. yeah, I, I, I love that matchup. And I think about it very, very much every single day. Uh, Negro Bucks saying, I'm not, I'm really not crazy about this match. Talking about Kenta and Punk definitely won't be as good as it could have been like five years ago. You mean like 15 years ago? Uh, I just hope that Kenta actually tries if it happens. I, I really do. I really do. I really do. Oh, hopefully. Uh, speaking of people for Forbidden Door that aren't gonna be on it though, Mercedes Monet is out of action Uh, due to injury. But before that happened, apparently AEW had reportedly asked her about her for Forbidden Door. Uh, Fightful Select reported that the company asked about the possibility of her appearing at the June 25th pay per view before she went down due to injury at New Japan Pro Wrestling Resurgence. AEW has made some references to Monet in the past on TV and there has obviously been interest from the company in bringing Monet in. Sources close to the matter say that AEW spoke with NJPW or those with ties to with MJPW in the hopes that they could get Monet to per- to appear and njpw sources said that the potential of aew using mercedes monet was uh brought up as far back as january with forbidden door specifically being mentioned it's important to note that while there have been rumors uh mercedes would be working against soraya there has been no confirmation whether there have been uh plans for such a matchup with Mercedes mm-hmm. Monet out of the option, how disappointed are you that we're not going to get that due to that injury? And what would be the women's matchup? Or who do you think from AEW should be a part of Forbidden Door 2? Uh, oh, my God. Um, it's sad that she's not there because that was, like, the big, like, thing that we wanted her to do and have that shine. Um, so we're probably going to have to wait till next year, hopefully. Um, but a woman that I want to see, I guess it would have to be like ROH then, right? Because can, because who else? Can I mean, to come, I, come come over. I think I think they can get some stardom people, and that's like a, the next thing that we got uh, here. That they uh, there have been talks with stardom as far as mm-hmm. AEWs and. Fightful reported that uh, there had been discussions of having stardom <clears throat> as part of AEW New Japan Forbidden Door 2 later this month. AEW and stardom have had talks about the former's talent appearing at the event. Tony Storm was specifically mentioned as someone that would face one of stardom's wrestlers. Mm. However, there have been obstacles during the talks as it's unknown which talents would be available. Stardom will have its own event that weekend on the same day actually so there have been talks about how to make it work and AEW is hoping to have the company participate this year and are working to make it happen and there were similar conversations with stardom in 2022 instead uh they went with tony storm versus thunder rosa at last year's event but i mean if i'm if i'm AEW the one star from stardom that i think would be a draw for kind of the casual fans or the people that don't always watch stardom that often would be Kyrie. 
I don't know if Kyrie mm. is already scheduled for the same mm. show on that day, but Kyrie versus Tony Storm for the AEW Women's World Championship, sign me up. Yeah, I, I okay, I didn't even think about Kyrie. I didn't even think of it as an option, but yeah, I'm here for it. Let's do it. And Kyrie will give them like a great, great like match and still look strong, even if she would have to lose or whatever. I agree. I agree with you 100% there. Uh, we got Negro Buck, who's not a fan of Mercedes versus Soraya. I think you do it in all at All In in London. That's when she would get like the biggest response. And it's all up to Mercedes. If she wants to face Soraya, then it is what it is. I mean, right. what can you do? Uh, but he also says, yeah, Kyrie would be the best possible option. I, I definitely agree with you there. We got Miguel with a good question saying who y'all got for Willow to have a match with. I thought that another option that they can do is Willow versus Tony Storm champion versus yes, champion. That would be great. For the yeah. new Japan strong women's championship, something like that. Yeah. And, and, and um, so then that, that person would have both belts then, correct? Yeah. Okay. I'm you already had that. you had Tony Storm appear at Resurgence uh, to help out Juice Robinson. Why not? Right. So yeah, yeah she's gonna travel with her husband. So let's do it. Okay, I'm I'm here for it. Frantic World saying Club Venus versus uh, for uh, Four Forbidden Door Two. They won't be on there. They're getting a shot at the uh, the Goddess of Stardom Championship. Their tag team titles coming up mm -hmm. on the same day. So. It okay. is what it is there. And uh, the final note before we get into what happened on Rampage very quickly. Speaking of AEW Collision's debut, AEW has confirmed that Miro will return to the promotion for the June 17th premiere episode. The announcement was featured on social media yesterday. It said, heaven sent and hell bent on glory. God's favorite champion at 2B Miro returns June 17th when hashtag AEW Collision premieres at Team drama so Miro is coming back CM Punk's coming back are you excited for the collision premiere next next Saturday um yeah I'm I'm gonna be tuned in and see what's gonna happen so let's I'm, I'm hopeful I'm sure they're gonna be it's good first send-off show yeah uh, it's got a good main event I just hope that they do announce more matches for mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm. for the show on we next have to do it every Wednesday night, with um Tony Khan looking like a, a bozo no, please, please don't. He he looked like a yes. hostage victim. He looked oh like a hostage, like, a hostage situation. Like he doesn't even know trip. how to like read the stuff. Like he poker face. Like, hey guys, thank you so much for uh, having us here. And where I don't know where they were, Los Angeles, whatever. Uh, next week on July, I'm like, what? What are we doing, sir? Like, you look, you look like you look something is off. It's, it's, man, it's like it's like it's it's just bad. Uh, we got Christopher who says, "Can we get more Miro promos and being interrupted by Julia Hart, please?" That was awesome. I I do agree. I love that. I remember that very well. AEW Rampage last night. The show uh, featured Lucha Bros and Bandito beating Ethan Page, Big Bill, and Lee Moriarty thanks to a distraction from the Hardy Party. You also had the acclaimed and Daddy Ass defeat SAP uh, to get back on the winning ways after losing at double or nothing. Wardlow issued an open challenge for the TNT championship, which was uh, accepted by Jake, uh, Jake Hager for this Wednesday's dynamite. Oh and then God. in the main event, 
you had Sky Blue uh, defeated Nyla Rose, Mercedes Shocking. Martinez, and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, to become the number one contender for Tony Storm's AEW's Women's World Championship. She gets that shot this Wednesday on Dynamite. And they are stacking this show. You got mm-hmm. Adam Cole mm-hmm. versus MJF, title eliminator. You got Humbucks versus Blackpool Combat Club, two title matches with Wardlow versus Jake Hager, TNT title, and Tony Storm versus Sky Blue AEW Women's World Championship. You also got the eight-man tag with Mogul Embassy versus Keith Lee, Darby Allen, Orange Cassidy, and Sting. So they are trying to they, they're trying yeah. to fill up that that ten thousand seat. Yep, at watch it's going to be back in the same arena they were in for their first Dynamite. Mm, so they, they're trying to stack the other anniversary show. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, they're they're they. Trying to do their thing, I'll give them credit. Yes, uh, Bro- definitely was a, 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 a surprising one. Yeah, I, I think they needed. They couldn't go back to Brit that fast. Yeah, no, I yeah, think- we, yeah, we don't need Brit. I would. That's why I figured it would have been um, uh, 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 Mercedes. Ah, I thought I thought Mercedes was probably the the more likely than Sky Blue, but right. Hey, listen, I'm not, hey, I'm, not I'm here. Right, exactly. Not complaining. Uh, as previously reported, Brian Danielson is going to be part of creative in AEW moving forward, especially for Collision. And with Danielson himself uh, confirming that he works directly with Tony Khan for creative, the report suggested that Danielson would be working on Collision and was part of a team that includes several others. According mm-hmm. to Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer Radio, the American Dragon's influence is more than people think when it comes to the, his role backstage. Meltzer noted that last Friday's episode of Rampage was an example of Brian and Khan working together and bouncing ideas off each other. That episode dubbed Championship Friday and featured title matches from AAA and NJPW and ROH, where wrestlers not seen often on AEW like Shibata and Zack Sabre Jr. Danielson is said to be a very key part of AEW's creative at this time, and the Wrestling Observer Newsletter reports that Danielson has become more important important in his creative role and is described as someone who adds good input during booking conversations when Khan is coming up with ideas and Danielson is uh, talking with him about it he tries to push Khan to think harder and this improves whatever Khan had in mind and he also adds more enthusiasm to the conversation and with the Rampage episode Khan had an outline prepared and Danielson added to it giving us the episode that aired and it was one of the best episodes of Dynam of Rampage in quite some time. So I can hey, I was, the creative I dragon. Say, listen, keep him there. He knows what he's doing. He's seen it, he's seen it done enough somewhere else. So I think he kind of knows what to do. So if you leave him in creative because that was a great great episode. Like it, it was no like bad part to the show I feel like I feel like it like it was like it flowed very well to make it a good show. Yeah, I enjoyed that episode more than any Rampage I had seen in quite some time. So more, more of Dragon in creative <laughs> with ideas, please. Uh, 
As previously reported, AEW announced the new series AEW Collision with several wrestlers promoted that hadn't been on AEW TV in quite some time. This includes Andrade El Idio, who confirmed his return on social media. FIFO Select reports that Andrade was backstage at the May 10th Dynamite tapings, uh, which had the segment with Miro and Thunder Rosa going into Tony Khan's office, and he was supposed to be making an on-screen appearance, but Andrade reportedly turned down the segment and and it's unknown why. Instead, oh, no. he filmed a backstage segment for social media. And during the May 10th tapings, Andrade also spent time working out in the ring as he prepares for his return on Collision. Those close to him say that he claimed at the time he wasn't physically ready, but he has since been announced for an event in Mexico this month. He is also in talks for an event in Puerto Rico, but it's unknown if that will include wrestling or just an appearance. While there were uh, rumors Andrade got surgery to be ready uh, for the debut of Collision. Neither Andrade nor the rest of the AEW roster knew about the show at that point. So I don't know if you want to turn down Tony Khan's ideas because that never works out well. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Some quick notes from AEW. Uh, it was reported last week that Santana was getting set to return to AEW after he was out for a year due to an ACL injury. In a post on Twitter, he uh, posted a video teasing his return to wrestling. With returns, there's also retirement. And Sandra Gray, who's worked with AEW as a seamstress since the company launched, is retiring, according to a new report. On Wednesday, afternoon Fightful Select reported that Gray is finishing up on the road with AEW imminently and uh, Gray has worked making wrestling gear since the 1990s when Sable asked her to make Johnny B. Bad's gear in the WCW days. She worked with WCW until it was brought by WWE and then stayed with WWE until 2015. Brandy Rose was a big part of getting her hired by AEW mm-hmm. and the site reports that even though she's retired, she will still continue to make Cody Rhodes gear as she has done for years. Gray wow. has also Look helped to make <laughs> <laughs> Gray has also helped to make dresses for wrestling uh, weddings that took place on screen along with cheerleader uniforms for the Houston Texans and AEW paid tribute to, to the retiring seamstress. PW Insider reports that several people, including Dustin Rhodes and Tony Khan came out and brought Gray out to celebrate her in front of the live crowd. The tribute included included a number of talents like Ricky Starks, Chris Jericho, Wardlow, Nyla Rose, Dasha Gonzalez, and Powerhouse Hobbs celebrating her. And Rhodes began the tribute and said that Gray has been doing his gear since 1996, noting that she will always be part of the family and thanking her for her contributions to wrestling. And they started a thank you, Sandra chant as well. So one of the goats when it comes to wrestling. Yes. Yeah, she just was on um online showing that she made something for Trinity, and you know she loves her some Trinity too. So I I feel like she she she's retired like for this, but there's only like a select a few people that she will only make clothes for that she really really ado- loves and adores. And the coat that she made for Cody from WrestleMania, my God, Ugh. she showed her making like the fed the the um the 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 veil part, crazy. Like I mean out in. I don't even like she's amazing. Like goats, like they need to give people like that. Like they give people like Oscars for movies that do costume. Y'all should do it for wrestlers too. Because the rest of the people, 
They be doing and now that and now that she's left w, uh, AEW, I think that WWE should make her like a Warrior Award winner, like someone in like, yeah. like she yeah. kind of fits the bill. That's far as like what the Warrior Award, like celebrating people that aren't always that celebrated. I think that she would be like an excellent candidate for next mm-hmm. year's Hall of Fame, in yeah, my opinion. I agree. I, that'd, that'd be a great thing, definitely. I, she deserves something I, for it. I hope they do that. I I hope so. But the one final note from AEW, uh, during Thursday's Wrestling Observer Radio, the recent heel turn for Konosuke Tateshna was discussed, as well as future plans for him after he betrayed the elite at AEW Double or Nothing and has since paired with the with the loudest boots that you could possibly get with Don Callis. According to Dave Meltzer, while Takeshna is a heel now, the long-term plan is for him to eventually become a top babyface in the company. AEW sees Takeshna as a huge star, and the plan is that once he turns face again sometime down the road, he will be a main, a main event babyface. So I am looking forward to Takeshna, whatever he does now. He just sounds like an evil Japanese villain whenever he's on the microphone. <laughs> I enjoyed the hell out of it. I'm enjoying so far the Don Callis and Takeshna uh, partnership. Yeah, I love, I love yeah, it. Yeah, I love it. It's, it's so, so good. I mean, and like Takeshna doesn't have to really even say anything. He just stands there and let Don, and let Don get all the heat. So, so good. Love it. Love it every single time. But Let's get into some WWE from this past week. We got our another special guest joining us. First time on our flagship show, but he actually was on with me as well as Joe Pearl back when WWE was purchased by Endeavor here on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. He's one of the nicest individuals in this wrestling space. You can see him over on twitch.tv forward slash love wrestling CA. He's made a Appearances on Fightful Overbooked, Cage Side Seats. He is the main man, Drew Nicholas. Drew Nicholas, thank you for joining us. Good sir. I love the background. The background is immaculate. Oh, who we gotta is give you the obsessed with go. being next to me right now? So here you go. There's your here's your True Hill Heat debut. Enjoy. Go, Getting all go the somewhere heat. else. Okay, thank you. Getting all the heat. <laughs> love it. Love it. Drew, how are you, sir? Thank you for joining us. I'm sorry we kept you rating. We had a lot to discuss from everything else before we get into some WWE here with you. Thank you for joining us, though. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I I try my best with my intros to tell everybody what you got going on and stuff, but you can let the people know yourself where, where they usually can see you, what kind of content you're doing, where they can find your cat. Cause I know they're going to pop for that. Let the people know, sir. Yes. Um, well, as you said, uh, twitch.tv slash love wrestling CA. That's where I do my show with JPJ from love wrestling as well. Firmly AEW. Um, I'm in the Fightful Chats, modding and banning douchebags, and uh, there's many of those, unfortunately. <laughs> and yes. uh, I'm on Twitter, and, uh, you know, a, a, a good place and generally awful place to be as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm all around, all over the place. And I did do work for Cage Seats uh, a few years back. Uh, Riccacino does work there now, wonderful guy. Yes. And uh, yeah, so I'm all over the place. 
I, I always see you, and that's why I'm glad to join us. Uh, I, 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 I probably should have brought you in for the AEW talk since you do firmly AEW. Any, uh, any okay. AEW talks we we do have in our in our in our uh, title here. Who should face CM Punk at Forbidden Door? Mm. We talked about the Kenta rumor. So, do you think that it should be Kenta, or do you have another name in mind from New Japan you would like to see against CM Punk at Forbidden Door? Well, uh, I, I just want to say, first of all, I'm still recovering from you comparing Kenta to Jinder Mahal because that was. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it, I, 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 I just keep it reals. I keep it reals. <laughs> Jinder Mahal is failing. Like, this is just is really sad for like someone that's he, like. But you remember Jinder Mahal he, in 2017. He just relied on, on the heel stick. Of mm -hmm. a person helping them, mm -hmm. a low blow, mm -hmm. stuff course, like that. Yeah. That's Kenta. That's Kenta now. That's Kenta. Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunate. Um, if not Kenta, I mean, personally, I would have loved to see uh, Punk versus um, Osprey or even Okada. I know they're going to be tied up with other people, but to, to be able to see that one day, uh, just another dream match on a list of dream matches that are possible now. <laughs> I I think uh, yeah those those would be I think Will Osprey would probably be the best option for me as well because you need someone that can keep like do some great things that Punk can just work with so mm -hmm. I think that Will Osprey would be the best option I also saw Kenta retweet somebody that said Naito and I'm sorry Naito versus Punk I much rather see than Kenta oh, yeah. versus Punk because mm. despite not being what he was five years ago, he can still have bangers. I just haven't seen any bangers from Kenta in quite some time. So. Sorry, guys. Uh, we do have Super Chat donations before we get into some WWE here. The Negro Buck Nick Jackson, thank you so much, sir. He says, in all caps, Takeshita for international champion. Yes. I don't hate that Takeshita. at all. <laughs> Hey, I, I am here for Takeshita getting his matchup with Kenny Omega, though, on either All In or All Out, because it's probably not going to happen anytime soon. It might happen on a, maybe a, a TV show, but you need to have a pay-per-view matchup between those two. But international champion, that would be a good consolation prize as well. I agree. We also got Vala B with a super chat donation here. Thank you once again, Vala B, who says this Taki soap uh, is made for pure hambreno. Uh, now he's got that heat. Habanero, excuse me. Habanero, <laughs> yes, yes. He, yo, him and Don Callis, like him and Don Callis with uh, with Dom Mysterio. That's yes. I mean. Oh my I mean, God, that's the same. Yes, all the heat. They are the it's the same thing. Is so good. They don't even let them get a word out, and it's so bad. Like they have to scream over the booze. I I thought it was a one week thing last week on Dynamite, and then this week he got booed as much. They said they couldn't hear him in the building for the Don. I'm sure that's what it. That's what it sounded like. It sounded like he had to like scream over them because he couldn't get in the word out. So I can I and can that's imagine. What, that's why I didn't mind him cutting the same promo because he's like they didn't hear me last week, so let me cut the same <laughs> promo as last week. Uh, we got a bunch of people in the chat saying what's up to Drew. We got Annika saying what's up. We got Vala B Hi. saying hey. We also got Frantic World saying what's up. Showing some love to Drew. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Make him feel at home here. 
Uh, but yes, let's get into this week from WWE. And we'll start off with last night's WWE SmackDown. And of course, if we're talking about SmackDown, you know what it featured. More bloodline drama as Paul Heyman tried to convince Jay Uso to pick their side by gifting him and a United States championship match against Austin Theory and accused Jimmy Uso of being jealous of his brother because Jay is being groomed to be the next tribal chief. Then you had Sami Zayn tried to talk some sense into Jay, comparing their situations with the bloodline. Then you finally had the main event that so saw selfish. a ref bump leading to Pretty Deadly trying to help uh, help Austin Theory get the win, which led to Jimmy Uso coming out to make the save for his twin brother. But that brought out their other brother, Solo Sokoa, to attack Jimmy Uso before Jay stopped him from delivering the spike on Jimmy. However, Jimmy went to superkick Solo, and he accidentally hit Jay, which led to Austin Theory retaining the United States Championship. Family and mess. this led to the more melodrama as Jay was upset, angry, and confused and walked away from Jimmy before mm. staring at Heyman and Solo and still not making his choice. I enjoyed everything here, but they did bait and switch us on Jay yes. making the choice. I will yes. say that. They yes. did. Yep. It's yep. just a fact. Just a fact. They told us Jay was going to make a choice, and then he yep. didn't make a choice. Yep. Um, <laughs> make us watch it again and now have to wait. More time, and I, I feel like they're gonna keep doing this. This. <sighs> so this was like, whose well, side is Jay on part forty-four? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because we did like, this. We, we did this in twenty twenty. We did this earlier this year after Royal Rumble, and now this is this is this is the third movie. This is the like, third movie of Jay. Like, like, yeah. I'm like compete with the uh, Fast series. Mm. Fast, yo, they might. They yeah. might though. <laughs> Oh, you also had the tag division all approach Zane and Kevin Owens for a shot, leading to a gauntlet being made for next week to determine the number one contenders. Meanwhile, for the women's tag team division, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler challenged Isla Dawn and Alba Fire to a title unification match for both the WWE oh and God. NXT women's tag team titles for two weeks from now. You also had Santos. <laughs> Why are you so mad? Yo, like what is the okay, so now I'm we're right gonna with her. I'm right with her. <laughs> oh, so, okay, so so we made the NXT girls come up. Right. I'm I wanted them to come, but then they come with the belts. So now they're defending the belts on SmackDown. The belts have not been on NXT in weeks. Okay. Feel me. You're here with me. You're still there because you didn't you didn't forget anything. So now we have the two new girls that's on the block that just won like what a week ago, and now or what was it on? I don't know. I don't even matter when they won. Doesn't care. Now do you want to combine these belts? What's why? When to do what to make them to look like Oscar's belt and 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 um. Roman Reigns belt, please don't do that. Let's go. Let's get, we'll get into this. Uh, Santos Escobar. Heard. No, like, what are we doing? So there's no NXT titles for the women on, on like, what are we nope. doing? Like, 
it, it was always one title for all three brands. Then now they're going back to that. Uh, Santos Escobar defeated Mustafa Ali in a fun opening matchup while Butch beat uh, Baron Corbin thanks to a distraction from NXT champion Carmelo Hayes for Santos and Butch to qualify for the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. This led to Melo, Trick, and Baron Corbin getting into a pull-apart brawl. Uh, You also had Bailey defeat Meechin while EO Sky beat Shotzi for damage control to qualify for the women's money in the bank ladder match. Asuka, though, this is the, the main the main part of the show, besides the bloodline, is Asuka was presented with a brand new WWE Women's Championship. Where, where was why why did he I don't understand? Like, why didn't he why didn't she get the same energy? Why? Because she hasn't been in a thousand days. I'm confused. We get let Adam Pierce do it. Seth Rollins got got the the belt handed to him by Triple H as well. That's what I'm saying. Like, what what are we doing? Like, why does Adam Pierce have to do the dirty work? And you made this you made this belt. Give it to me. Like, I have a rant about please. Adam Pierce. We're gonna get to in a little while. Okay. So, uh, okay. That's what we're here for. Uh, Asuka was presented with the brand new WWE Women's Championship. Laziness. Hideous. How dare you? Who did this? This is is deep deep fried white white Reese's. Uh, Before Charlotte Flair made her return to skip the line and challenge Asuka for the title. They face each other in three weeks time, despite the fact that Adam Pearce uh, promised Bianca Belair the next shot right. at the tight. But your thoughts on the new women's championship, Chrissy Love, and what do you think about Charlotte returning to get the first shot at Asuka? Um, the belt is just, it's white. It's this, it's this carbon copy, copied and paste, and put on, it's the belt that, is the one that Roman has. What would, so is this the new logo and colors now? Like this, this gold hideous. It looks it's hideous. This is ugly. There's no effort. Like, why couldn't we get a nice, pretty belt like what you got, Seth? This is the same old regular degla stuff. Like, what do we do? Like, late, like, let's go. This is 2023. Everything has evolved. Like, how long has that belt been here now? How long have we had that that ugly thing with the big W? In the middle, square smack in the face. <laughs> it's deep fried. Deep fried. You get fried, the deep like, fried. Deep fried. Breast. Like, this is ugly. No. And Why? and listen, I have one right behind. Me too. Me. But it's in a It's like. It's uh. I yeah. won mine in a raffle. I, I never thought they would make me like the black strap for that that title, but I do. After seeing Roman's new title and seeing this monstrosity. I mean, there's just no effort at all in WWE's title designs. They either steal from the past like they did with the World Heavyweight Championship and then strap a logo in front of it, or they just give us another W that they just make look horrible. Uh, Drew, what did you think Wait, about and I, and Charlotte? And the stupid people are going to buy the damn replicas offline, which makes it even worse, you dummies. That, that's what it's all for. Uh, what do you think about Charlotte's return, the new title, and what is your Adam Pierce rant? Let's hear it. Well, um, firstly, the title. This seems to be uh, Triple H's NXT UK era, where he's just going to take the same exact title and slap it on another colored strap, and, and that's it. Like, okay, 
same literal same thing, just unscrewed and rescrewed on a different colored leather strap. It's uh, it's a little sad and very lazy, as was just said, uh, very lazy. Uh, and of course, two of us have a big W belt, and and we're still saying that it's lazy and terrible. So it's mm. uh, it's sad. It's very sad, especially when, like Chrissy said, the I started to come around on the new World Heavyweight Championship yeah. design. Uh, seeing it on Seth on on Monday actually did make me like it a little bit more. But you know, what are we doing? What are we doing? Uh, Charlotte coming back is just another classic boy. Who do you think is really in charge here right now? Moment. Right. 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 Uh, and they always make Vince's her like one of golden girl every time. <laughs> Vince's golden girl takes off every five, six months, comes back when something is more interesting than her in the women's division. And they have to insert her right in there and go, Hey, it's Charlotte's turn again. Again. Yeah. Screw everyone else. It's Charlotte's turn again. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's tiring to see that over and over and over again since it just happened last year with Rhonda. Now, Mm -hmm. while Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that because it's Rhonda, (laughs) both things can also be bad. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, and if Charlotte beats Asuka again... Mm -hmm. Right. Sad. We We cannot do this. You have to make Asuka look strong and let her win. Like, no, I'm sorry... And you know, with Bianca being but involved, as I love well. Charlotte. Then, then we have to let. Then we have. Oh, then it could be no. Okay, this is how we do it: get Bianca involved, and then you have Charlotte Bianca. But okay. they're gonna. I, I guarantee did. you, they're gonna do this in the wrong way, and they're gonna make Bianca turn heel to first yeah. Charlotte. They think oh. Charlotte is the baby face in this she's situation. Not. Oh my Which god, it's just, so stupid. It's just WWE in a nutshell. Oh, no. You're right. You're right. You're you're absolutely right. Exactly make what they did be- with Becky. Right. Right to make right. her heal. Oh my god. Yeah, this uh, is so stupid. Now my so rant about it Adam Pierce. So mess it up. Oh my god. I want to know why does Adam Pierce only care about people defending titles when those titles are not in the bloodline? I don't understand, you know, Roman's got the title forever, has only defended it twice this year. The Usos had the titles forever, barely defended them. But as soon as those titles, as soon as those titles are on somebody else, oh, gauntlet match. Oh, we got to get a new, you know, we got to, we got to throw out all these different challengers. (laughs) As soon as, um... You know, they make this this uh, this new world heavyweight championship for someone else because someone else has to get a title on the other brand. Okay, title out, open title, open challenge, open title. You know, it's like what? Yeah. So yeah, Seth has defended this what three times so far you know, <laughs> since winning it. Brand new title last night, Oscar Charlotte. Okay, here we go. Here's a match. It could be a triple threat. It could be a whole bunch of stuff. But Roman is never around to defend his championship. The Usos never defended theirs when they had the tag titles. What's going on? Oh, I mean, the United States, oh, the United States Championship. Oh, we need to chat. You know, we get a match Mm -hmm. right on that night. Absolutely. 
but months will go by before Roman defends his title. We're literally two months since Roman defended the title at WrestleMania, and we still don't know who is the next challenger. That's true. And I blame Adam Pierce because he's just <laughs> there to be blamed. And he blocked me on Twitter, so screw him. Hey, I'm with you. <sighs> screw you. Screw you. Adam Pierce, you're a coward too. You, Gato, all of y'all. All of y'all is a coward. Uh, we got Negro Buck in the chat saying, finally, because those NXT women's tag team titles mean Jack Diddley squat only felt important when they were held by LC squared and toxic attraction. And even then they didn't feel that important. Negro mm-hmm. Buck, I'll just, I'll just be honest with you. The NXT tag team titles were the most worthless titles since the very beginning, because people tend to forget they were only made like Shayna said in her promo. They were only made because the team that won the Dusty Women's Cup couldn't beat Shayna Baszler and Nia and Nia Jax. So they were given tag team titles. They were given tag. When whenever a title starts off with it being given to somebody, it's always an uphill battle. The world heavyweight title when Triple H got it given to him. Uphill battle. And that those titles never even got up the hill. The world heavyweight championship at least got up the hill. These NXT tag team titles never got up the hill. So I'm perfectly fine with the title unification match coming. And up. you know what? I blame that mo and I don't really watch NXT anymore, but <laughs> I blame that on the women in the tag team division of NXT never getting along with each other for some reason. It seems like every except for Toxic Attraction I don't I can't recall any women's tag team and in Katana NXT. And, and, and another girl. And uh, well, Kaden and, uh, and Katana, yeah. Yeah, Katana. Um, that's it. Who, who else oh, has survived being along. a team? Wow. That's Cora and, and Roxanne didn't last very long. <laughs> They um, they won the titles and then broke up. Yes, right. Yeah. I don't, that, that's it was it like two weeks me. in. And it was like nope. There's just was no, like, no hell no. I'm not doing this with this one. For the women, for the tag team, for women's tag team division in WWE to have two sets of titles and both of them be basic, basically meaningless. That's just that's just sad. So yeah, I'm, I agree with you, SP3. Merge them. Mm. Fine. <laughs> and just to, to correct this, Annika, it's not Vince that thinks Charlotte is a babyface. Because Charlotte came back on December 30th. Vince didn't get back into creative until January. So it's Triple H also thinks Charlotte is a babyface. It's not. That's why I said it's WWE that thinks Charlotte Flair should be a babyface. Because Triple H could have brought her back as a heel when she did a heel thing. But he brought her back as a babyface because Ronda, he felt Ronda was more hated than her. So that's how it works. It's WWE. (laughs) We can't can't all fall into the Triple H trap of everything bad Vince, everything good Triple H. No. Right. They both bad. Yep. They, they, they have, both are not very good. We have communicated <laughs> multiple times good. about this on Twitter. I am not on the Triple H train like a lot of other people are. <laughs> I'm just not. <laughs> I stopped watching. Honestly, I, I, I watched WWE this week to talk about it here, but I do not watch WWE anymore. I really don't. And that was because of Triple H. I watched it during Vince McMahon's era. 
but for some reason I just can't watch it during Triple H's era. And I don't I don't know why. I feel like I should be wanting to watch it more with Triple H in charge, but he just hasn't drawn me in. Yeah, it's because I feel like it's because people have this like greater value of Triple H, and then when you watch the product, you don't see that. That's I think that's the issue. When it's it's like it's like a basketball prospect that everyone says, "Oh, he's one of the greatest players you ever seen," and then you watch him, and he only scores ten points. It's like, is he that great? Is he that great? And no, and no, Annika, to you, you mean against uh, Rhea Ripley, she was a heel. She was definitely booked as a babyface against Rhea Ripley. Don't get it twisted. You you got to specify in your to me, it was she was the heel, but to everyone else and to WWE, she's been a babyface since she came back. It just is what it is. We could we could try to big up Triple H, but let's be honest a little bit about it. Uh, no, picking up WWE as they had a nice little deal this week that uh went down. But oh, I uh, know yeah. I did want to mention though with the with the whole bloodline. Any thoughts on uh the bloodline angle from this from this show with uh you know Austin Theory with the U.S. Championship with Jay being manipulated by Heyman? What did you think about everything that went down with the bloodline from SmackDown, Drew? Uh, it's a bit boring now. I'm just going to be honest. I'm just putting it out there. And I was a huge, the whole reason why I have that title and that hat and the glass, you know, like this whole deal behind me was because of the bloodline and Roman Reigns. And I loved it for a long time. But boy, is it boring now because it's just, it's just the same thing. It's the same thing over and over and over. Like I said, it's whose side is Jay on 444? It's it's the same story being told. And I, I had hopes. I had hopes that once the Usos finally left the bloodline, that it was going to get better. And it maybe was better for about a week. But now we're just right back to the same storytelling of whose side is Jay on. I'm bored with that story. Let's move on. Let's do something else already. Isn't but, that the same story from the pandemic? Like when we were like, then that's how he became like main event J or whatever. Yeah. Like it's the yeah. same yeah. copy paste story. It it literally is. It literally is. Like it's the same. It, he is. He's very much right. Like if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. And they haven't done anything to kind of make the people who don't like it again because they're just doing more of the same. They're just doing more of the same with it. And oh, that's a great comment here. Uh, saying Francis Crow said, "Yeah, it, it, the bloodline storyline is like Fast and Furious." Yeah. It's it's basically they're just retrying. I mean, I didn't see this, the newest one. Is it the same story of the, from? I, I I heard Jason Momoa is really good. I heard that. Okay. I heard that much. I I, I haven't seen. I mean, it yet, but. most of the villains are usually good. It's just is the, the the same story. That you can get good villains for the story than the movies. They they can do that. That's no question. And, the, and, the thing is, is like, are you telling us the same story with a different villain? Yes, you are. <laughs> like. Just like WWE, you also really have to suspend your delete your disbelief on all those car chases and stuff. Because <laughs> like I don't, don't know really if uh, like a, flying out of a helicopter through a building, you right, know, right, right, cars, cars the can't. The circumference of that like equation don't really like. It's a lot of like gravity happening. 
And that yeah. thing is heavy, and it should pull down, not go, not fly across. Cars, cars don't go into space, bro. Yo, cars don't go into space. space. Makeshift ones, like it's Back to the Future. No. <gasps> oh my gosh, WWE. That's when I knew it was over. Inked a major deal. Yeah, that was when it jumped. It literally jumped the shark into space. Yeah. Uh, WWE yeah. announced a new long-term partnership with Twitch this week, which includes the return of official WWE channel and more. The deal was rumored back in April. WWE made a policy back in 2020 in which uh, the company took over the Twitch accounts of talent as well as a cameo account and told them to end their relationships with third-party platforms. This led to frustration among talent although WWE eventually allowed them to go back to the platforms, but now they have inked their official deal and they have a long-term partnership with Twitch. They'll actually be doing watch-alongs now. They actually did a watch-along for Raw on the channel mm-hmm. with the, uh, the the Bump crew. So very interesting times in WWE. They're just trying to give people less reason to go to AEW because that was one of the reasons right. why the Adam Coles of the world and and Claudio went to AEW because they was like they'll let me go on Twitch. They don't got no problem with that. Y'all got y'all seem to have, be, have your pants in a bunch, but they were waiting for them to have mm-hmm. a contract with Twitch to allow them back. So now it's there. Okay, sure. Whatever they, you know, they gotta get their 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 fingers in the cookie jar some kind of way. They not everyone all can win. No, only they win. Yeah. They always win. That's the key. Uh, Raw this week they did 1.6 million viewers the show featured Seth Rollins making his first official defense of the World Heavyweight Championship defeating Damian Priest in a very good main Mm. event matchup to retain the World Heavyweight Championship post match Rollins stared down with Finn Balor Mm. to tease his next challenger for the championship potentially at Money Mm. in the Bank coming up you also had Seth's wifey Becky Lynch beat Sonya Deville while Zoe Stark defeated Natalia for both Zoe and Becky to qualify for the women's money in the bank ladder match. Cody Rhodes on this TV was invaded by none other than Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley, where Dom compared Cody to Ray, calling him a deadbeat dad. And Cody called Dom one of Ray's terrible mistakes of his life, leading to Dom's <laughs> Leading to Dom slapping Cody across the face. And we got an absolutely stellar encounter between Gunther and Kevin Owens in one of WWE's best TV matches of the Mm -hmm. year. Gunther getting the win due to a distraction from Ludwig Kaiser over Kevin Owens in a non-title matchup for the Intercontinental Champion. Drew, what did you think about this week's episode of Monday Night Raw? I've said it on the Raw Report over on Patreon. I'll say it here. I thought it was one of the best episodes of mm-hmm. Raw of the year. I agree. I'm glad it's the one I decided to watch. <laughs> um, it was actually pretty damn good. Um, the wrestling the wrestling is generally good in WWE. I mean, you've got... How can you go wrong with Ricochet and Shinsuke Nakamura, for example? I mean... yeah. That's going to be a great match. Uh, and the main event for, for the title, too, on Raw was a great match as well. It, it, I am always happy to watch the wrestling, just when the storylines get involved. Sometimes they're not that great. But, um, yeah, I overall thought this was really good. I liked um, Baron Corbin and Pete Dunne. Can we just drop the butch crap already, please? 
Pete Dunne. I don't understand why we're still doing that. Um, I think that having the addition of Carmelo Hayes being there to stop Corbin from advancing, I think that was a perfect, perfect thing to do, get that NXT integration in. And um, yeah, you know, there was, I didn't, because I haven't watched it And it makes you look at uh, Corbin more now. Yeah, which, you know. I got to see a, Corbin on, on NXT and SmackDown this week. That's too much Baron Corbin for me. Baron Corbin's I mean, in two but... different feuds going on. <laughs> That's too much Corbin for me. I mean, we'll talk about NXT in a bit here, but I'll, I'll just say it right now. That's too, I got, too I much got my Corbin shows mixed up. I thought I forgot that <laughs> Baron and Butch were on uh, SmackDown, not on Raw. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's overall it was a good show. I, I enjoyed it. The one thing that was confusing to me, because I just haven't watched in a while, uh, what happened with the Maxine and and the and the two models and, and what happened with that storyline? You know, I don't know when the turn happened, but apparently Maxine is with Alpha Academy now. Like it started off as Otis was in the middle and Maxine was trying to bring him to maximum male models and Chad Gable was trying to keep him in Alpha Academy. And then just one week, she just started showing up with Alpha Academy and they weren't fighting over Otis anymore. Otis, yeah. Then they're now like, make her go away. Like the Alpha Academy. I get it, but it's for somebody, I guess. But no, somebody. I think they okay. scrapped maximum male models because I haven't seen them in a minute. Yeah, you're right. Well, that goes to show how much I've been paying attention. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I did think overall it was a good show. I'm, I was happy to actually watch it. Yes, I agree with Negro Brock here in the chat. Gunther versus Kevin Owens was yeah. sensational. That was my favorite thought- one of the night. I thought I thought that was my that was my favorite WWE match of this mm-hmm. year or on TV at least of this on year. TV? Like, wow. I, I I will say it here. Gunther is the best WWE signing of yes. this decade. Yes. Because yes. there's been other signings yeah. this decade that Gunther you know is met no. expectations or exceeded expectations, but I don't know if anybody exceeded expectations as much as Gunther. He was just supposed to come in to be the top heel of NXT UK. And now he's he's exceeded that. He became the longest reigning champion in NXT UK history. Mm-hmm, he did mm-hmm. his thing on NXT. And now, like uh, Negro Bus also saying, congratulations to Gunther, a full year as Intercontinental Champion. Nice. And now he's just mere right. months away from Donkey. breaking Honky Tonk Man's record. I've lived my whole life with Honky Tonk Man as the longest reigning Intercontinental <laughs> Champion. That is disgusting to say. And now what? I can finally say, sooner rather than later, <laughs> Gunther is the longest Right, yeah, I, I think he should hold it for like another year. Like, he can definitely put on more, but like, this is oh, one yeah. title that I don't want to be separated from the person. The other ones can all like go, but like, Gunther is solidified. Like, he is... I the IC champion like he I like he's done had such a great run he's outrun some of the one some of the goats I feel like that had this belt yeah he's he's had he's had some of the best matches in WWE mm-hmm. history mm-hmm. in just four years with mm-hmm. the company so and that's why I I love Gunther he's my favorite person in WWE right now and Annika says that streak should have been broken way back when yes I agree. I'm sure I agree. Miz never broke that record. You, you know, 
or, or Santino. Santino had the honky meter. Should have been Santino. Mm. Just saying. Just saying. Uh, PW Insider reported that Vince McMahon was actually backstage at this Monday Night Raw that we all enjoyed. So it's time for another edition of Mixed Succession. It's back, baby. He is backstage. He was backstage because the show was in Hartford, Connecticut, which is in close uh, close range to WWE's headquarters in Stanford. This marks the first episode of Raw that McMahon was at since uh, the show immediately after WrestleMania. The site reports that there are a lot of other WWE executives that were backstage uh, from the office at the taping. Fightful Select reported that many talent and staff hadn't seen McMahon as late of 6 p.m. Eastern, though there was a room prepped for someone to work out of, which ended up being McMahon's office. He was backstage by 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. Most of the staff that were not surprised by this due to the proximity of the show to Vince's home, and most do not expect Expect him to be backstage regularly. As reported last week, McMahon has been making some changes to the show on a remote basis, and McMahon was in gorilla position for the show, uh, the same place he was during WrestleMania weekend, despite McMahon's presence. There were no reports of anything out of the ordinary, and the mood was less hectic. Uh, less hectic like? this. Yes, indeed. Mm. Uh, then the show after WrestleMania, PW Insider had more details talking about, according to the report, McMahon's influence on the show was felt, and he is said to have reworked the show, changing the order of some matches and segments to fit his desired vision for the broadcast. Also, while the show was con- reconfigured, it was reportedly not as stressful and over-the-top process in applying the changes that McMahon requested in the contrast to the the last time McMahon was there, there was said to not be as much resentment or anger in the locker room. And one talent who was at Raw noted that it was a big difference now that the Band-Aid has already been ripped off. And there is now a type of unspoken understanding that McMahon is back in charge again. While McMahon is not backstage as much as he used to be, it's reportedly well-known backstage that McMahon is in charge once again and his demands will be met. Additionally, PW Insider notes that a lot of the backstage TV segments for for Raw that were presented as if they were live were shot about 20 to 40 minutes before the show began to air on USA Network, and some of the talents had to be taped later than usual since the show was reworked beforehand. So this is why, like we were saying to Drew earlier, we cannot fall into the trap of everything good is Triple H, everything bad is Vince McMahon. We got to give credit to both of them. Everything good is Vince and Triple H. Everything bad is also Vince and Triple H. It's called keeping the same energy, and I just want WWE fans to start doing that. Keep that same energy. What do you think about the rave reviews for this week's Monday Night Raw, despite the fact that Vince was actually physically backstage at the show, Chrissy Love? Um, Honestly, uh, I don't want to give him too much credit, I guess. I mean, these are things that's kind of been like sort of in play. Um, but overall, a solid Raw in a minute can't complain i was very very shocked and we actually got like good match after match after an, another match and then we got a, like the last match like you had like good like like the i feel like the middle like 
from like 9.30 to like 10.15. It was kind of like slow, but it started off great and it ended good, if that makes sense. Like they try to like keep yeah. you like in it. But overall, um, I mean, I guess we could give him a little credit. I mean, I don't think he booked all of these matches. but whatever. I think I'm giving Vince all the credit. That's no. I'm, I, I got to balance the scales since no one wants to give Vince any credit for the good stuff. I'm giving Vince all the credit for the it's best. It's like sympathy votes. That's like an honorary wins because, but and then they all lost though. Like, no. Nope. Nope. I'm, I'm going to treat him like the kid, like the kid that doesn't get praised at home. I'm going to be like his oh. teacher who gives him a lot of praise in class. You did great, Vince. Great job. <laughs> okay. Yes, Vince. You did a great job because a broken clock is right twice a day. So. <laughs> Hey, he got a good he got a good one under his belt for the first time in four years. Congratulations, man! <laughs> right. <laughs> I give no. This is a damn lie by Romeo saying Vince gets all the love from SP3. Triple H gets none. I give Triple H credit <laughs> where credit is due. You don't give Vince any credit. That's you. That's you. Don't don't gaslight me. Don't do don't do what you do and then try to gaslight me that it's me. It's you. Stop it. Stop it. All of y'all stop it. Annika, you're another one. You're an enabler for Triple H's, for the Triple H's of the world. We know we know his farts don't stink to you. They smell like roses. You and Romeo, both of y'all, Triple H apologists. I'm sick of it. It's disgusting. <sighs> Moving on. Uh, the feud between... <laughs> Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar is not ending anytime soon. And WWE is planning a third match between the pair during Monday's Wrestling Observer Radio. Dave Meltzer reported that WWE plans to have the third match between Rhodes and Lesnar at this year's SummerSlam, which the event happens at Ford Field in Detroit on August 5th. The Wrestling mm -hmm. Observer Newsletter... Of course, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter reported that there has been backstage talk of adding the, a stipulation to the match, and one of the ideas that has been floated around is a bull rope match. However, that is one of the several ideas at this point, and no final choice has been made as of yet. It was also reported that Lesnar is currently scheduled to work several Raw tapings in July, the 7th in Baltimore, the 17th in Atlanta, and the 31st in Houston, Drew, what do you think about this whole Brock Lesnar, Cody Rhodes program? And what would you make the stipulation for their third matchup at SummerSlam? Well, it seems like Brock is going to be around more than Roman, which is kind of sad. Uh, but it's, it's also kind of sad that the only way to really make this more interesting is to AEW-ify it by adding these extra special stipulations like what AEW would do and what he did in a what uh Cody did in AEW dog collar match for example <laughs> um like oh okay i guess uh, you know they'll they'll take some things that they think are will make them look good from AEW but uh i Correct. Now it was Brock who won the first match, right? No, Cody won the first Cody match, the first and match. then Brock won at Night of Champions. That's right. Okay. Um, so naturally, there has to be a third because that's what happens. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> won one, the other person won the other. So 
someone's got to take two to one. And then um, they never they never could spread it out. At least AEW tried to spread out the CM Punk MJF thing when they went one one. WWE they'd be like, nope, we got to get this done at least a month after the last match. Come on, <laughs> one after the other after the other. Uh, well, um, that's their mo. That's what they do. Uh, I hope Cody's happy. That's that's all I can say because I felt for him this earlier this year. I felt for him. <laughs> uh, just having to, you know, spin the wheels and be in the main event of Just WrestleMania. Just got to keep on running. Should have won, but didn't. No. But uh, that's all right. Oh, you want to go. Uh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's been entertaining, at least. And I mean, that's, that's what WWE tries to do. So we'll see what happens at SummerSlam, I guess. We shall see. We shall see what, what goes down. We got a bunch of suggestions in the chat. Uh, Erica said that Cody suggested a dog collar match. Safet says Texas bull rope match. Romeo says Detroit death and a monster truck match. Just monster Chrissy, <laughs> Chrissy Love, what do you want the stipulation for Cody Brock 3 to be at SummerSlam? Um, I'm down for the dog collar. Um, but it's like the last one, Cody definitely, I would hope this is the last one. So we don't have to hit, see him with Brock anymore because it's like, all right, we can't do a best of seven. Like, no, we don't want this. Like, I can't do it for more of those matches. No. That just means <laughs> that they become a real tag team after that. Best oh, of there, seven. You <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's how WWE no. <laughs> so we have to get deal with this for like months and months. Like, oh come on! Like we're running out of things to do with you guys. But yeah, this is the the Cody will that he has to keep on running until he gets to next year, I guess. Like when he really pull, give us good two years of like you doing nothing, and then we let you win. Well, I think that Monday segment was a tease of what Cody's gonna do after the Brock oh, Dominic. is over, because I think Dominic. Because you can't get. That's I don't think it's anywhere. In, in wrestling where you have a more over baby face versus a potentially more over heel than mm -hmm. Cody versus Dom, how they do it though. Dom Mysterio should be the one to win money in the bank. Thanks to Rhea Ripley. Win money in the bank, cash it in, become the world championship. And that is why Cody has to go after the world title to finish his story. Book it. Book it, ladies and gentlemen. Dom and Cody Not for, nothing. for the World Heavyweight That doesn't sound that bad as it now soaks in, though. I it might have something to it. actually. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it might be something. It, it might you know work. Why? You know why I can't disagree? Because out of the entire WWE roster, Dominic and like Roman and Seth and Becky, they're like the only ones that get genuine reactions from the crowd. Yep. So I don't know if I don't know if I could actually disagree with that. I mean, this I is need... this is what we want in the wrestling business. This is what we want when we watch TV every week. We want to see the heels getting the reaction that Dominic Mysterio is getting. So, you know what? 
what he he would get by getting a cheated win for the Money in the Bank uh, or, briefcase. I mean, oh, oh man, the even better option, guys. Dom wins Money in the Bank. Cody goes all the way to WrestleMania 40 and beats Roman Reigns. He completes the story. And then Dom cashes in. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, that would be the greatest moment. Oh, it'd be so time. much heat because people would be so pissed. They would probably start uh, throwing stuff at him in the ring, man. They would probably throw shit at him. You know what? Wow. But I would be here for it all. And they'd be in Philly too. <gasps> oh, imagine the Bulls. Imagine the Bulls in wow. Philly. They would start throwing trash. It would be like the NWO forming all over again. They'd start throwing trash into the ring. Do it. Do oh. it. Do it. Wow. Oh, yes. That's, uh, that's, that's quite some booking, right? I hope Triple H is listening to that one. Put it in my veins. I need that. Give it to me. <laughs> oh, man. We got one more WWE show to get through. WWE NXT this week. The show featured Thea Hale, one of the number one contenders, uh, Battle Royale, to earn a shot at Tiffany Stratton's NXT Women's Championship match. Yes, the same Battle Royale that include Dana Brooke, where they told us that it would only be free agents, but Dana Brooke has definitely been drafted to Raw. Yes. WWE, where continuality but she's in, is in not a thing. NXT. Yes, dumb. Like what? Ugh. Yes, uh, but a free agent was on the show. Two of them, in fact. Baron Corbin beat Trick Williams. You also had Mustafa Ali uh, defeated Joe Gacy. Post match schism attacked. Ali until Wesley and Tyler Bate made the save to set up a trios match next week. He also had Braun Breaker attack Ilya Dragunov backstage and then challenge Seth Rollins to come to Tuesday nights and defend the World Heavyweight Championship against him. So some interesting things went down on NXT, but a lot of people have been talking more about NXT due to the free agents being on the show and a new uh, uh, Fightful Select Report gave some background on that on that decision to have the appearances of Mustafa Ali and Baron Corbin on the show. Sources at WWE indicated that plans had been floated uh, for some time to have both wrestlers appear with the brand, which was why both men had been flagged as free agents previously. A direct quote from Fightful Source uh, stated that despite a lot of things from the previous regime that made this the skepticism of around the free agent tag understandable there was a more of a plan for them this time Ali had directly been requested as a working talent by at least uh, by at least a few NXT roster members and was apparently quite willing to work with the requestees pair of factors uh, contributing to the choice for both men, including the cultivation of NXT attraction, the uh, chance to evaluate their NXT opponents and allies, enabling a refreshment phase for both Corbin and Ali, and to give NXT members experience working with the main roster names. Ali and Corbin had our plan to continue appearances on NXT, but as you saw with SmackDown last night, they still have the option to work Raw and SmackDown as necessary. Drew, how do you feel about Ali and Corbin being on NXT and being used in this uh, capacity? I think it's really good for them. I think mm -hmm. that they're 
it's kind of revitalizing their characters a bit because they've been kind of floundering on the main mm. roster for a while. Um, man, you just, you know, all those images that you were putting up of NXT and, uh, and Romeo. <laughs> Romeo. Sorry. <laughs> Blonde looking extra Dominican. <laughs> oh my God. What is with all the. T- he was, though, so like. Or he was always like, like the sky the goes, other day. Can we see he that again? That's just really funny. He goes to the tanning bed and he's like, he's like, give me the extra, <laughs> give me extra Dominican, extra Dominican crispy. Uh, that's the that's Uncle the tan Eddie. that he. Yeah, give me the <laughs> Uncle Eddie. Give me the Uncle Eddie look. That's what he he requests when he goes to Oof. to uh, to the tanning bed. Oh my Orange. god! Orange. <laughs> No, I think it's the beard. The beard, the beard is the thing that puts it over the top. Because it's no Yeah, they they painted it more. It's a little bit extra dyed. Yeah, Uh, but I think it looks good. Like his uncle. I think it does. I think the beard looks good. It does. It does. It it works for him. Him and Cora. Him and Cora go to the same tanning bed. They make it a date. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um. NXT's just got a lot of attractive men. I don't know. It's uh, all those pictures you were throwing up. Tyler Bate, Carmelo, Trick, Ali, Ron even. I'm, I mean, hey, I'm not going to hate on him at all. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of attractive men. A lot of attractive men. I should start watching that show more, probably. There you go. They're trying to bring the eyes. They're trying to bring all the eyes to NXT with the attractive men. There you go. Uh, we also got people not, people not not liking Thea Hale apparently. Frantic Girl says she's too hype. She needs to calm down. That's her character though. That's her character. That's, she's she's on. Oh, we got Romeo who says she's on speed. It's how she gets by yeah. in in college. <laughs> she's Jesse Spano. She's Jesse Spano. She's like oh, she's so excited, and I just can't hide. When they had the rehearsal, like I'm yeah, so... come on, let's do it. Like, come on. I'm so scared. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Romeo also saying Ali versus Bay, Ali versus Wes, Ali versus Mello. Let's go. No Corbin. No, no, no Corbin. No Corbin. I thought Corbin's no, no, no match Matthew. with um uh um Dragonoff was really, really good. Well, they didn't verse, he didn't verse Dragonoff. He versed Trick Williams, which I didn't think that match was very good. I did no. not think that match was very good at all. It's just, but it was, uh, it, was, it was, it was, yeah. Um, just not. Yeah, they should have given us a Dragon Off one. Sorry. Yeah, they, they did have an interaction though, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a promo to open up the show. So uh, yeah, that's why but, I was like, why is he going against Trick Williams? <laughs> WWE NIL signings. Uh, Hannah and Haley Cavater uh, appeared on Tuesday's episode of NXT, wearing Chase U gear and celebrating Thea Hale's win during Thursday's Wrestling Observer newsletter uh, radio. Excuse me. It was noted that the Cavater twins have not signed a talent contract with WWE, even though they appeared on the show. They were only signed for their NIL deal. For now, WWE reportedly has high 
high hopes for the Twins, although they have yet to begin any kind of training for a wrestling career. The two are legitimate athletes as they are college basketball stars and social media stars that signed with WWE in 2021. And speaking of extra crispy Dominican Braun Breaker, while it would be cool to see Seth Rollins return to NXT over a decade since becoming the inaugural NXT champion, some fans have questioned why WWE has chosen to throw a potentially massive future match for the company like Rollins versus Braun Breaker together so haphazardly. And now it seems uh, that we have an answer. It's to boost NXT's ratings at an important time for the company. Company. According to Dave Meltzer on the latest Wrestling Observer Radio, WWE President Nick Khan is intent on using main roster stars on WWE's developmental program in order to draw uh, viewers in ahead of a potential rights renewal from the USA Network. So this is WWE's kind of least rated show on all out of all their main main shows that they have so putting someone like Seth Rollins is going to boost the ratings makes them look good when it's time to sign a new deal so very understandable in that regards are you looking forward to Drew uh uh Braun Breaker versus Seth Rollins yeah I think um the sad thing is that Braun had to turn heel in order for him to become interesting so uh now, I mean, I, I wouldn't even hate that match being on Raw. I kind of feel like maybe it should be on Raw more than on NXT. Because, like, with the inclusion of um, Carmelo on SmackDown this week, I think the the key players on NXT should make appearances on the main roster before making official call-ups. I think that makes more sense than putting Seth down to NXT for a week. Get people's reactions. Make it yeah, I'd like, like- see, I'd like to see a main roster reaction to Braun Breaker. Yeah, and an actual one, unlike the, the WrestleMania one where they just threw him out there. It didn't make any sense. They just right. threw him out there, no no really proper introduction, and had him beat Dolph Ziggler to win back the NXT championship. So that was very uh, weird. But I agree with you. I think they should put Braun out there to kind of see, especially with this new character where, like you said, he's a lot more interesting than he was, say, just three, four months ago. He's a lot in a be- lot better position right now where, a match with Seth Rollins is something that probably would get me to watch NXT Live, which I never really do. So it's a good thing. You're not missing a lot, friend. I mean, last week was actually okay, but you know, you're not missing much, friend. <laughs> Fair enough. But thank you so much to Drew for joining us to talk about this week in WWE. Thank you so much. First time on the Flash Hit Show. And you did great. Love your rant on uh, Adam Pierce as well. Please let the people know where they can follow you on social media and what you got going on. Love wrestling and everywhere else, sir. The floor is yours. Thank you very much, SP3, for having me here. It was wonderful. Chrissy, it was wonderful to be on the show with you as well. You too. Um, you can follow me, as it says right there, at Big Money Drew on Twitter. I'm only on Twitter. Um, I mean, I'm on other things, but I don't care. <laughs> uh, at Big Money Drew on Twitter, twitch.tv slash lovewrestlingca for Firmly AEW live after Dynamite Wednesday night. And I'm also on the, uh, I forgot to mention before, the Roundtable Pro Wrestling Podcast on TWM Plus. That 
uh, link is also in my bio on Twitter. Um, I believe you've had, actually, you've had Bad Blood on here once, haven't you? Yes. Yes, we have. Yes. Yes. Good brother. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's a part of that. Love that guy. And uh, yeah, and I'm in Fightful. Uh, I, I've been on Fightful overbooked. And I do, uh, oh, well, speaking of Fightful, there's Kate right there. Hi, Kate. <laughs> uh, thank you, Kate. Um, yeah, I've, I've helped Mod. I've filled in for Luis. I did my own show with Joel on Overbooked for a little bit. Uh, so go check me out all those places. And uh, anything else I have coming up will be on my Twitter. Yes, and it won't be the last time you see Drew on the show. Loved having you on, sir, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your Saturday and this weekend, good brother. Yes, Drew, enjoy. Thank you very much. Be safe. Bye. Bye, brother. All right, we got a couple of final shows to get through. What we missed, ROH TV on Honor Club this week. It featured uh, Ray Phoenix defeating Gravity, the brother of Bandito, because that's how they introduced him. But it was an awesome (laughs) awesome main event matchup. Uh, You also had Kyle Fletcher beat Christopher Daniels in a good bout. Matt Seidel defeated uh, Zach Clayton. Post-match, Seidel challenged Samoa Joe for the ROH TV Championship for next week you also had willow nightingale beat rachel ellering to retain the njpw strong women's championship and tony khan had another major announcement for ring of honor this time as he announced that stokely hathaway and jerry lynn will make the new roh board of directors the new authority figures for ring of honor and yes uh stokely hathaway hugged tony shivani like tony i mean tony tony khan like tony khan hugs everybody else that was great stuff and see kate Kate came for drew and she got the the roh recap in one in one uh, fell swoop (laughs) <laughs> uh, what do you think about Stokely Hathaway as an ROH authority figure? I think this is actually really good uh, position for him. This is great. And you know, he's great on the mics. I feel like he's going to be uh, Teddy Long, but like to the like 10th power of like his, like, I think he'll be so good on collision and doing his thing. So it, I think he'll be great. And my God, the quotes we're going to get from him. We're not, we're not worthy. If you do more I, to I pop, hope they make, Already figure on AEW as well. I would love to see. Yeah, it. they should. They really should, though. He's really good. Give me some more uh, quotes from Tupac. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I ain't, I ain't a killer, but don't push, don't push me. me. Yes. <laughs> I, love, I love playing that 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 clip. It's so much fun. Yes, Ring of Ring of Honor is where he's on the board of directors. We got Annika who said, "Not Collision for Stokely, maybe because Collision and ROH is going to be filmed on the same day, so maybe you'll get some some crossover there. We shall see how that works out." And yes, Kate, we know we know how to hit hit you in the heartstrings. You know my heart, ROH. <laughs> Me and Kate, the only few people, the Twitter accounts that be doing the live tweets for during Ring of Honor. Right. Shouts out to Kate. <laughs> Uh, GCW had two major shows this week. They had Tournament of Survival 
8 as well as Cage of Survival 2 on Tournament of Survival. It was Rina Yamashita, the ultra-violent champion, who first defeated Sawyer Wreck and Casey mm -hmm. Kirk, then defeated Toru Seguru, and finally beat John Wayne Murdoch to win the Tournament of Survival 8. Then Cage of Survival 2 was the next night, same as uh, the first night in Atlantic City. You had uh, the Northeast West Express of Speedball Mike Bailey, Jordan Oliver, and Nick Wayne beating Jimmy Lloyd, Alec Price, and Jack Cartwheel mm -hmm. in a fun trios match. After the matchup, the, the East West Express were challenged by Amazing Red and Brian XL of, of HODG House of Glory for a tag team championship matchup coming up in New York City at the Melrose Ballroom in Queens in a few weeks' time. You also had El Desperado from mm -hmm. New Japan mm. Pro Wrestling defeating Joey Janela in a great death match. He was bleeding through his mask, Chrissy, Chrissy Love. Yo, it was Just insane. Imagine like underneath it, ill. No. Yes. I was like, how do you not get choked up or right. getting your like your nose or nose something? Your like, eye, like oh. It was crazy. And then in I, mean, I guess you have of, to just, just keep going. I don't but still like go through, go through the pain. Uh Cage right. of Survival. <laughs> you had uh the main event, the Cage of Survival with GCW world champion Masha Samovich and tournament of survival eight winner Rena Yamashita. And it was Blake Christian who cashed mm. in his brass ring to pull a Seth Rollins to win the GCW World Championship. Wow. And this crowd absolutely hated this man. They were throwing <laughs> trash into the ring. Wow. That's that fucking Cardona. It was crazy. Wow. Great heat. stuff. Okay, Dom. <laughs> Great stuff. He got some 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 Dom Mysterio heat and much love to Kate. Kate, we get we need you back. Love on the show. Been too long. Been too long, Kate. We love you. Say I love for you both. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday to you. Happy and Saturday. I hear that Kate, yes. That Kate actually has a day off, which it's like it's like it's it's uh, it Enjoy must be your like day off. I, I don't. I don't know if the, you got to watch if there's like cats flying, cows flying outside because Kate's got a day off. This will, this is the only person I know that works more than me, does more projects <laughs> than me. So thank you, Kate, for spending your day off with us for a little bit. We appreciate you for that. We got uh, Negro Buck in the chat who says the heat for Blake Christian. Yes, it was great. And uh, Frantic World says congrats to Blake Christian and that GCW pay-per-views was crazy. It definitely was. And it's crazy to me that Blake Christian plays like this white meat baby face in Ring of Honor and mm -hmm. then plays the, the biggest douchebag in GCW. It's just wow. chef's kiss. That really? shows the range of a human being to me. Interesting. <laughs> And uh, Kate saying first in three weeks, homie. My God, Kate, come on, you you gotta you gotta get it get, get in every two weeks, every two weeks a day off. Says thanks for being awesome. Thank you for always being amazing, Kate. We appreciate you here. And then finally, for what we missed, it was probably one of my favorite moments of the week. Impact against all odds last night. Featuring one of the most shocking results of the entire 2023 as Alex Shelley 
after 20 years with Impact Wrestling, defeating Steve Macklin to win the Impact World Championship. I just finished watching the matchup back before we went live here. It's a great match. Definitely go out of your way to watch that one. And just a great moment for Alex Shelley because no one expected this. Steve Macklin Mm -hmm. just won the title in April. So for Alex Shelley to win it now, just a few just two months later, it was amazing to watch. No one expected it, and it was a big moment. And it was a great night for the Motor City Machine Guns in general as Chris Saban became a nine-time X Division champion by beating Trey Miguel for the gold. And then uh, talking about Alex Shelley's challenger coming up at Slammiversary, Nick Aldis won the 8-4-1 match by defeating Heath. Billy Ray and Jonathan Gresham to become the number mm. one contender for Slammiversary for the Impact World Championship. Impact on Access TV this week featured Moose and Riswan in a preview of the 841 match, beating uh, Jonathan Gresham and Nick Aldis. And you also had the Coven defeated Death Dolls to retain the Knockouts Tag Team Championships. So a lot of love in the chat here. We see for the Motor City Machine Guns, Nico Bucks and Motor City Machine Guns on top. Top five, dead or alive. I love these guys so much. Fans since 2007. He also says, what a night. Alex Shelley finally becoming world champion and Chris Saban solidifying himself as the greatest exhibition champion of all time. Great visual to close the show. And we also got Frank world. He says big congrats to MCMG. Much love, much love mm. to all of them. But let's close off our show with your favorite segment. Miss Chrissy love It's time for match of the week. And Chrissy love, Dunn told me she got five this week, y'all. She got a, she got actual five because there was so much wrestling. I let her think it over just a little bit. You let us know in the live chat what your matches of the week was. You can have five. You can have three. Let us know the must-watch matches for you from this past week and what a week it was. I agree with Chrissy Love. This was kind of hard to come up with just five matches because my honorable mentions. You kind of did. You had yeah, honorable mentions. You kind of could have could have had ten. You could have did a top. Yeah, I, I probably could have had ten. Yes, this week. This week but was we're not one of those going weeks. to, but because I, I don't only have five right now. But honestly, with everything that we've had this week, it could have been ten. Could have been, could have been ten easily. Uh, my honorable mentions is Yoda Suji versus Sonata from Dominion, as well as Alex Shelley versus Steve Macklin from Against All Odds. Like I said before, my number five this week: Orange Cassidy versus Swerve Strickland from AEW Dynamite, the International Championship. Probably my favorite Orange Cassidy International Championship matchup so mm-hmm. far of his twenty-four successful defenses. Number. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Number four, <laughs> number four this week, uh, Gunther versus Kevin Owens from Monday Night Raw. Absolutely love that match. Like I said, my favorite, the best, in my opinion, uh, WWE TV match of the year. Number three this week, Hiromu Takahashi versus Master Wado for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship from Dominion. Number two for this week, Kazuko Okada, Hiroshi Tadahashi, and Tomorio Ishii versus Shoto Amino, John Moxley, and Claudio Castanoli from Dominion. Literally, this was my number one for the whole entire week until t- yesterday, where number one comes <laughs> from 
all together again, the main event, Okada, Yuma, Ayaki, and Keno versus Tanahashi, Kento Mirahara, and Kaito Kiyomiya. I told you guys, I love Okada versus the Unruly Kids, and Kiyomiya is the master of the Unruly Kids. He's the one that made this new Okada, so seeing them interact in this matchup made this my, my best match of the week. So that's my five from this week. Chrissy Love, take it away. Okay, so honorable mention, um, definitely going to give it, uh, um, damn it, I had, it. oh, it was, I watched Access, um, I, was, I watched Access on Thursday, so I saw Impact, and it was Moose, Rick Swan, what was the other Jonathan character? Gresham and Jonathan Nick Gresham. Aldis. Yes, definitely honorable mention to them, their match was great. I found, I was like, oh my God, I didn't even know I had the channel and I found the channel. So I was excited to watch Impact. And then New Japan came on afterwards. I was like, oh my God, what is happening? So I didn't know Thursdays was stacked. It was too, too much wrestling. I can't, I, had, I need a break. Okay, so that's honorable mention. Okay, and then honorable mention, I want to give to uh, Jay White and Starks. Ricky Starks. Definitely have to get that. But my top five will be number five is Okada and the other guys, Shooter, and what's his name against the BCC. Which one, which, which one was that at? Oh, SP, are you frozen? Hello? I think SP is frozen, friends. Damn. No, I was uh, yeah, oh. I was frozen for for oh, a bit because okay. I was like, what happened? That oh, was from okay. Dominion. That was from Dominion. Dominion. Okay, so you Oka left me hanging. Okada. I was like, it was I, I, I just said the match. It was Okada, Tanahashi, yes. okay. and Ishii versus Shooter and BCC. Okay, fine. That's number five. Number four, I'm gonna give it to Seth and Priest. Really, really good. Um, number three, I will give to Offspray and Archer. Well, I'm at two now. I think, yeah, you have two more. Okay, two more. so I have two. Uh, Swerve Cassidy. Look at you watching all this, all this New Japan this week. I gotta get, I gotta give it to you. Gotta give you, gotta give you some props for that. Good job. Uh, number two is Swerve and Cassidy. Even though Swerve should have won, but whatever. And then number one goes to Gunther and Ko for that banger that we should have not even had on a Monday Night Raw show. There you go. Top five friends. I think I said this on Twitter. I'll say it here. That was the AEW Dynamite of Monday Night Raws. It that was, was like, though. <laughs> it was like, and it was can like, we just talk about, uh, we didn't get to say this, but briefly how Seth Rollins disrespected Finn Balor. Just saying. Thank you. He did. He did. And it's no, all. it was all his fault. How dare you? <laughs> people that don't take accountabilities and want to sun me in front of all these people. Dare you. <sighs> Yes, I wasn't frozen. I was just thinking hard. Yes, Kate. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> Negro Bug saying uh, his five is Kevin Owens, Gunther, number one, Alex Shelley versus Steve Macklin, number two, number three, Okada, Ishii, and Tata versus Shooter and BCC. Number four was Swerve versus Orange Cassidy. And five was Rollins versus Priest. Kate says Swerve is amazing. That was fun as hell. I yes. 100%. Yes. Agree with that. Annika says her bronze medal was Seth versus Priest. Silver yeah. was Gunther versus KO. And gold was Swerve versus Orange Cassidy. A lot of people up on Swerve and Orange Cassidy and Gunther and KO this week. Yeah, uh, those and, were the matches of the week, I feel like. 
those are yeah i think everybody kind of has that in their like top five top three from this week for sure and uh we got in the chat Chappelle asking a question all caps though I don't know. Uh, I have a question. Uh, do you think uh, Kenny Omega versus versus CM Punk will ever happen? Um, I think that it's going to take a kind of a cooling down period where Punk has to come back. And that's why they have this brand split to kind of ease into that. But if Tony Khan doesn't give us CM Punk versus Kenny Omega or CM FTR versus the elite, that is booking malpractice and he should not be the booker of the company. You got to give us that. That's the biggest yeah. matchups you can give us as a booker. It just is. I mean, I, they, well, you, you see, have the to police is coming for Tony Khan if he don't give us those matches. That's the police coming for Tony Khan right there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I agree with Kate. New Japan Pro Wrestling is on a heater right now, and it has both me and Kate's favorite tecker, Zack Saber Jr. Zack Saber Jr. is the goal. That's all I got to say. <laughs> but. That brings us to a close on another edition of our flagship show, True Hill Heat. Miss Chrissy Love, thank you as always for joining me. Please let the people know where they can follow you on social media, what you got going on, sis. Uh, light week this week, but find us every Saturday, 11.05 a.m. for our flagship show, which is True Hill Heat. Be there, be square, friends. Um, Serving Face of Hill will be back next week. Uh, probably recorded because next week is father's day um and uh, other than that you can find me on ig twitter and on facebook which is chrissy love underscore one or true hill chrissy love sp don't you have a big announcement yes next week uh sunday it is we are going to have a, a recorded episode of serving facing heels that probably will drop on in the evening time because yes. we are starting a brand new review show is called collision course for our AEW Collision recap, it's going to be myself and Sober Guy JJ. Yes, yeah, Sober Guy mm. JJ. We're giving him another show, another opportunity. And no, I'm not going to force him to drink any liquor. So hopefully he'll be around he and is, he'll last is, is longer he really than he did on his... Yeah, I don't I don't know how long he's going to okay. be sober watching the show centered around CM Punk. I don't know. Uh, but yes, we're going to have so much fun. We're going live next Sunday at 11.05 a.m. Eastern time to review AEW Collision. It will be myself and Sober Guy JJ every Sunday live with AEW Re Collision recaps and reviews. And maybe we will get Negro Buck to make a disclaimer for Sober Guy because I think it's going to be just as bad just as bad as be doing an aew review with jimmy mackerel i'm pretty sure, <laughs> pretty sure. you got yourself pretty into sure. friend <laughs> pretty sure pretty sure uh thank you for the love in the chat so we got Chappelle saying dope show like always appreciate that we got negro bucks saying great show as always guys much love sid much love chrissy y'all enjoy the rest of your weekend you, you too. do enjoy, as well guys. Ace giving you giving us a top five for his week, saying Swerve versus Orange Cassidy, number one, Shelly versus Macklin, White versus Starks, Trey versus Sabin, and Gunther versus KO. See, like I said, Swerve and KOC, KO and Gunther was the popular choices yep. this week. Uh, you could follow me on the Twitter. 
Yes. <laughs> Follow me on the Twitter machine at True Hill SP3. Follow the gang Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at True Hill Heat. Patreon.com forward slash True Hill Heat. Three dollars gets you in the door. More exclusive content. Our True Hill Heat prediction championship, plus much, much more. And not only do you got the AEW Collision Show coming here on the YouTube channel, we are now back with Dark Side of the Ring reviews for yep. season. Oh yes, four. I forgot. Yes, how do we check out? That? Episodes one and two review on Magnum TA and Chris Candino and Tammy Sitch. That is on the channel right now. And drop in tomorrow at 12 p.m. Eastern time. We got our top 10 best matches from Memorial Day weekend 2023. AEW Double or Nothing, WWE Night of Champions, NXT Battleground. All the shows were Memorial Day weekend. So we got our top 10 best matches from that weekend. Thank you so much to everyone for the super chats, for the loves in the chat. Thank you so much to our special guests, Karian and Drew Nicholas. So much. Those guys were great. Talk about New Japan. Talk about WWE. We talked about AEW. For Miss Chrissy Love, it is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. This has been True Hill Heat 229, summer of dream matches and drama. We are signing off until next time. Laters.